everyone, and welcome to the Sonic Talk Podcast. I am your host, Alex Peel. With me today is Jason Barry, my ever-present chum, and um, our other uh, fairly intelligent ever-present chum, GXE Kidna. I am the they true have... Space Michael. That is creepy. Uh, Jason, say hi. Hello. What's up, For some everyone? reason, <laughs> uh, we're uh, going to come. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's talk about what we've been up to lately, very very quickly. This will hopefully be a much shorter show than usual. We are going to Comic-Con, and uh, we are playing Rhythm Thief, aside from Jason, because he's a chump. I'm um, playing Rhythm Thief starting tomorrow. It's just my b- damn GameStop didn't get it, even though I pre-ordered it. And GX is playing Rhythm Thief. Rhythm Thief and Theater Rhythm, and uh, not much else at this point. By the way, that and pisses I'm... me off. I thought here, I thought... Uh, uh, no, Sega made a great schedule on Rhythm Thief. There wasn't really any competition on other video games. And then I found out about uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. This always happens, but we can't get into this right now. Let me just yeah. say, look up Aliens, look up Dead Space 3. Yep. Same release date. Well, they delayed it to... I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to delay this game either, I, but... We're not following this line of conversation. Controlled. I am a very controlling host tonight. All right. Now, um, uh, we're, we're instituting a new thing A new thing that we will explain uh, in a little bit, but uh, we're about to go on, on a little break, so we'll be back with you in a minute. Um, we'll we'll so, be right yes. back after these words yeah, well, from our sponsors. Or music. We're not sure what yet. Um, I hope you enjoy whatever we decide to play. And um, now we're, I'm going to explain something. Um, You're, last... You seem to be doing a lot of explaining tonight. Hey, 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 you shut up. Shut up, or else I'll make you stay longer somehow. Last week's podcast had sound issues and couldn't be released. And Sonic Talk has a very bad habit of recorders not working, recorders malfunctioning, people dying. You don't want to know For... about that. For the uninitiated, you've listened to 10 episodes, and we've recorded like, what, 12, 13, or 14? Yeah, we've recorded a bit more than we've actually released. This one had an annoying beeping sound that we couldn't remove, and so we are now having periodic breaks. And between these breaks, we're going to either have little advertisements about other podcasts or music. Um, I hear a little mumbling on uh, my end because I have my niece in the same room who's talking to somebody else on my PS3. So, so you hear any mumbling, covered, you know what's going on there. So on um, the last show, we talked a lot about E3 and Sonic be- and the new Sonic Racing game on a Mac, but really no one cares about that. So we're going to co- quickly cover two things um, that that we ca- covered in the last podcast. The first being Pixel Love's History of Sonic uh, book. Being released courtesy of Udon. 
I think that's awesome. I, I really thought we wouldn't get that, and I it's coming out the same week as the, the same month as Sonic Encyclopedia. So actually, uh, that's not true. It's even com- coming in earlier. It's coming in September. Really? And the nice. Sonic Encyclopedia is coming in October. So nice. it's two months away, <laughs> and you should be able to see a preview book at the uh, Udon table at Comic-Con, I'm sure. <gasps> Ooh, much, yes, much yes, less yes. impressive than the actual date of it and the fact that it's being released is probably the price. Uh, if you do your Amazon pre-order, it's like 30 bucks and change. Well, yeah. How, how thick sure. is the book, though? That depends. I mean, that's whenever not. you're talking coffee table style books, I mean, those always get into higher price range. So this is – I don't consider that a bad price, especially considering what you're looking at if you were to buy it direct from the website or what the MSRP is and everything like that. I don't consider 30 bucks for a hardcover, art-heavy book all that bad, especially whenever you look at, like, manga – the art of blank style books. Hmm. Well, anyway, it's cool. But um, the other thing was Sonic turned twenty one. Uh, okay. And insert insert a drunk uh, joke did, did, here. Can can, can we please stop uh, celebrating Sonic's birthday? <laughs> For God's sake, we celebrated. It was the big 20 last time. Now we're celebrating 21. Well, you know what? Next year we're going to be celebrating 22. That's two of the same digits in a row. Well, it was it's just like, mentioned yeah. 21, though. 20, 20 had a much, 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 much bigger celebration than just, oh, Sonic's 21. That's it. Yeah, for 21, it basically just elicited lots of drunk jokes. I mean, just look at the Sega Bix had a drunk joke article. You know, things Sonic can do when he turns 21. So, you know, it's, it's, I guess that thing. Mario fan doesn't do this crap. <laughs> the what fan base? Mario fan base doesn't do this crap. Oh, yeah, but the Mario fan base is... No, for the 25th anniversary, <laughs> they get a freaking uh, SNES game oh, released on a disc. And that's pretty much it. Yes. That, and a, I was, was, was going to allude to that. That's what I was trying to allude hey, to, but I didn't know how to do that nicely. Zelda gets a worldwide. No, you just take the bag. I don't need the perpetual celebration of Sonic's birthday. Yes, it's every June. Jeez. (sighs) Man, you are grumpy tonight. So grumpy. There are many things that I am not a fan of. It's late at night for you guys. This is just one of the many annoyances of the broad Sonic fan base that arises with me. Eh. Well, um, okay, the next bit of news is Sonic Adventure 2 was finally sort of confirmed by Microsoft for an October release. Will Sega finally reveal it at Comic-Con? We Probably thought we were going to do it at Summer of Sonic. I mean, God, it's it's not like they, they – I don't know why they don't confirm it after it's pretty much been leaked for a while. Ah, damn. Does anybody else uh, hear that? It's a loud beep. I hear that beep, yes. It's annoying. Oh, okay, it's because of my – Damn sister uh, went and unplugged my laptop and used it in the living room, and it completely drained power. Now it's recharging, and every like minute it's now uh, beeping real loud, dimming, and then beeping real loud again. Is there any way for me to stop uh, that? Uh, I, I think you may have just no. Well, it's look, right I, uh, uh, ears, you're too. a resource for meaningless explanations. <laughs> yeah, um, I I really don't know, you know. I don't care. Uh, I stopped doing it, so let's see. Yes. Sonic Adventure 2 revealed at Comic-Con. Blah, 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 blah. 
What did you just say? I heard what? Oh, it's my niece talking. He mumbled about things. So I hear that um, Sonic Adventure Two. That's all Comic Con October. Not yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, when is Sega finally going to reveal this thing? If it's coming in October, shouldn't we be hearing about it momentarily? You're missing the most That's important question of that. And the most important question is: Has the Big the Cat cameos been restored? That's the question on removed? everyone's mind. <laughs> For the I'm uh, sure Sonic big... Adventure 2 version, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, there are no more big cameos, I don't believe. Really? Yeah, I really? think they took I, them out. I distinctly remember seeing Big in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle GameCube. I specifically looked before, and I have yet to see him. <sighs> okay, well, um, while I'm looking that up... Um, why don't we talk briefly about uh, Sega's presence at Comic-Con and how understated it is. There's one Two big announcement. That, that's what? Way later that's in not, the show. Oh, they've had much, much <laughs> understated years at, at Comic-Con. This isn't so bad. I mean, God, we got, but, uh, last year, we got but, Sonic but, Boom and we got the Sega Arcade again, except it's, un, it's, a, it's a smaller thing. It's just two games and not any of the downloadables. Hmm. To me, it doesn't make sense. But before that, for, they had nothing. To me, it doesn't make sense for a lot of publishers to really use Comic Con anyway. I mean, Comic Con's not about the video game; it is about the broad pop culture. But you're coming off the tails of E3. Sega's coming off the tails of a massive reorganization. It's like, and all that they really have to show right now are mostly re-releases and maybe a little bit of All-Stars Racing Transformed. I mean, in, an, in all honesty, I mean, are they really going to put together another demo for that kind of thing? Are they just going to show the E3 demo again? I mean, it's like, it doesn't seem like there's a big necessity for them to do a lot of stuff with Comic-Con. Well, they, when you have a game like Sonic Adventure 2 coming out in four months... If you don't want, if you're not going to show it at E3, you should show it at Comic Con. I mean, it, it, why wouldn't you show it at Comic Con? I mean, it, it's a Sonic title, it's a digital title. It, that next, you're, you you're pushing yourself as a. It, but, but, I'm not done yet. No? But I'm not done yet. You're pushing yourself as a digital company. You are try, you are trying to push your main IPs like Sonic. Why wouldn't you take this game that embodies both and make it playable to the public? Okay, I'm it gonna... might be a Sonic Boom. That that's the thought. Okay, might be a Sonic Boom. I will be the first to admit. Here's the thing: Sonic Adventure Two. I don't. I think the less of it that they show to people, the better stuff <laughs> it's going to be. Because, in all honesty, I still do not feel that that game holds up to today's standards. I will absolutely go on record and say that Jet Grind Radio does. It still has a very distinct, very nice arcadey feel. Oh, yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 is still a bit rough around the edges. Yeah, but Sega was not shy at all about Sonic Adventure DX, which was, oh, I think I guess it's all big, which which was was far less rough, which was far more rough than Sonic Adventure 2. And there was a backlash about that because people did not, that did not review well. It showed its age, and it was generally pretty bad. It it wouldn't have reviewed well regardless of whether or not they showed it off. And and, uh, given that, 
given that it was one of the yeah, the, I mean, Sonic Adventure was... is going to sell to Sonic Adventure Two is going to sell to Sonic Adventure Two fans. It's not gonna yeah, they're not gonna get any new people out of this really. Uh, oh no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know about that. You're right, you're right. I don't see big in City Escape. Here here's the thing about Sonic Adventure Two. It is easily in terms of story one of the most infamous Sonic games. I mean, it is. Arguably one of the best Sonic stories. Uh, It is, for a lot of people, a lot of people's first Sonic games. So I would say more than anything, even more than Sonic Adventure, that game may have a bit more legacy. Uh, Well, Sonic Adventure 2 was the game that that, uh, brought Sonic to the GameCube and it sold 2 million units. It sold better than it did on the Dreamcast, sold better than any Dreamcast game did. So it did kind of bring Sonic back into the public consciousness. So I agree with so I agree with you there. That at the same time, that's when it was uh, Sonic was uh, getting a whole new generation of fans. Yeah. So yeah. Th- so definitely, Sonic Adventure Two was a pretty pretty notable Sonic title, arguably more so than Adventure DX was. Yeah, I I think at the very least you're going to have some looky loos. That uh, just curiosity. I mean, it's it's going to be like. Not necessarily to the extent of what Knights is going to be, of everybody oh, God, not yes. play it like, is going to go back to it, but... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, Sonic Adventure 2 ages well enough. I mean, it was, there's like a... I, we've already talked about the whole... The game dropped like two, three points in average score when it was re-released in the GameCube nine months later. <laughs> so, I... I I, I don't even know how much of that even necessarily age as much as it was because different reviewers. Well, here's kinds of reviewers. The question then becomes: I mean, I can play that game in my sleep at this point. I've played it so many times. At what point are you kind of saying that because you are so close to the product that everything about it is just so predominantly effortless to you playing it? I mean, wh- where does that extent end? How, how, okay, I, I'm not, how is this linked back to the discussion? I'm just saying that I think it's aged more than you're probably... Oh, no, no, with. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely aged. There are definitely bugs, but I'd say it's aged about, it's aged about as well as most of the um, B-rated games of Xera. And there are plenty of B-rated games from the GameCube, Dreamcast, PS2 era that I still really, really like to play that I didn't even play back then. They only played recently. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's no Nikes in the Dreams, it's no Jack Said Radio, or has this timeless fun quality to it. But um, it's still, I think, a reasonably fun Sonic game, and arguably better better than um, well, not arguably, it's better than Sonic 06 <laughs> and Sonic Heroes. Well, yeah, I guess Sonic Heroes, but I I personally love to see them kind of at least go back to the Sonic Adventure 2 style. Minus the oh, bugs. No, no. The... I, that we are past that. I don't think we can go I'm, back. I, okay, there. I'm, not, I'm not talking about the friends. No, I'm, I, I'm ta- even I, talking I... about the way that you control Sonic as you did. I just think that oh. after I, I think colors, I think generations have proved to be the far, far superior style. I don't think uh, the over. Look at what they did with the I'd overworld and unleash. I say those styles are wasteful. They are very wasteful because they, you have to make so much stage to to make to allow Sonic to go as fast as he does. I'm not and so the result is very short games. Uh, I think it still controls well at uh, Sonic Adventure 2. I don't really have a problem with that. It was uh, I think 
It was really the quality of the games themselves, not, not as much the control of Sonic. I say it got better results because they were overall just better, well, more well-designed games. I've, I will <laughs> argue Sonic this. Even if you think that it is supposedly more wasteful, I would disagree because if you've taken a look at what they've done pertaining to how, far, how much they actually keep you on track – that there isn't as much to explore, that there are lots of invisible walls that keep you boxed in, uh, as opposed to Sonic Adventure 2. I mean, think about Sonic 06, because Sonic 06 was the kind of supposed to be next step in that Sonic Adventure. And because it was on such a grandiose scale, because it tried to do so many things, because it tried to be that style again, but bigger and high definition, they ran into schedule problems, they ran into development problems, they very poorly bug tested. I just don't I don't want to bring another situation like that. I would rather them keep the scale down to something that is manageable and something that's proven to be fun. I'm not saying that they should make big, grandiose, epic games. I'm saying they should make they should make more smaller, shorter levels like we had in Sonic Adventure One. I think and 2, that's still I think that's still very hard to develop for, as opposed to what they're currently doing. I mean, Sonic 06 had way, way more issues than Jurassic's Too Big. I mean, it was it was flawed on. Yeah, it was, it was completely broken level. as far as the way the controls were. I mean, Sonic uh, I Adventure mean, and was, Adventure 2 had much, much better controls than Sonic uh, 06 did. Much better controls, much, be- much better level design, Plus, much yes. better combat. But also, remember, what has those? what were those games infamously, infamously bad for from everything from Sonic Adventure all the way to Sonic 06? They all have terrible camera. Sonic in many ways does not work in that kind of 3D world because Sega cannot seem to find a good camera that And that is there. completely correct. And that is completely that correct. Is why I'll give you on that. Yeah, that's that's one area where the newer Sonic games really work well is the camera. One of the grounds focusing on going switching from 2D to 3D on games like Unleashed and you know Colors and, and Generations it it's just a formula that finally works well. One of the groundbreaking things of Sonic and the Secret Rings is it just completely took the camera out of the player's hands and it completely just had it be controlled by script by scripted yeah, so moments. Sonic and the Secret Rings is kind of the genesis of the way the model It is the Sonic. genesis of of the way things are now. Yeah. Most definitely. Well that and Sonic Rush. Mm, I would well, say- no no no. Sonic Rush is very different though. Sonic Rush introduced certain Thompson mechanics. Mechanic. It's just that this is the this is the culmination of both of those joining together. But I would say yeah. it's more of an inspiration. Eh. Yeah, I would say it's kind of it, it's drawing from all places. And with that, I think it's time. I think it's time we move on to uh, our next lineup discussion. But first. Um, we have to go on, on another break. Wait, so, wait. Jason, Jason, if you'll take us out. With what? <laughs> After these messages, we'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. And we're back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that, uh, whatever we played. 
hopefully it was music from the from the next thing we're about to discuss. Now, while we are a Sonic podcast, we do love non-Sonic things, especially non-Sonic things made by Sonic people. And the first thing, and we actually have three things made by Sonic people that aren't Sonic that we will be discussing today. The first we're going to be talking game. about games. Hello, I'm okay? Sonic people. How are you? Hey, doing? you shut up. Just move it. Just come on. It's 1.30 in the morning. Rhythm Thief from uh, Rhythm Thief, a rhythm game directed by Samba de Amigo director Shun Nakamura. Um, we I guess got it today. GX just got it today. Jason will get it tomorrow, though technically he'll he'll be getting it probably when the podcast comes out. I pre-ordered it. GX. Stupid GameStop. Damn it. I did yeah, play, play the demo. So, I, she I, I, start us so I am waist deep in Chapter 5. Uh, re- I'm, I'm given that sound effect. I'm guessing that I'm reasonably farther than you. Yes, yes. Uh, I think. The thing, it, it's weird because I have to – the biggest comparison I can draw right now, and I think I've tweeted as such, is that Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy is – the um is the 3ds's elite beat agents and rhythm thief is its rhythm heaven and it's that's as fair a comparison as i feel i can make the biggest issue i'm running into rhythm heaven was story basically well yeah but basically thus far what i feel is that the game really really does wear its professor layton inspiration on its sleeve it is very out about that <laughs> and from everything from navigation to the obscene amounts of dialogue and the map pointing and clicking and inspection and there's the thing i like about it it, it definitely definitely beats the latent series in terms of navigation because of the top map screen where it's just easier to get anywhere as opposed to click, click, click. <laughs> but I – and I don't – here's the thing. I don't want to give the impression that I don't like it because I I like it. I don't like it an immense amount yet. It still has yet to prove itself to be the great rhythm classic that the 3DS deserves. But I will make three comments to it. First off, as much as it tries to be Professor Layton, the one thing that it does not get right is the pacing. You get lots of areas with text, then you get an area with maybe one or two rhythm games side by side. It's like with Professor Layton, you're looking at puzzle, then maybe a little bit talking, then follow with the puzzle. And it can't match that simply because you can't develop the amount of rhythm games as you can the amount of puzzles that level five puts in Layton. Uh, so yeah, I think Professor Layton like has over a hundred puzzles, right? Yeah, it, it is an immense amount, and they are able to dish them out at a reasonable pace. But with Rhythm Thief, it, it just feels like you have a lot of slog with dialogue, and the dialogue is okay. It's written all right. It's not written especially bad, but it's just another big pacing pacing issue where you have to sit through a lot of 
pointless dialogue to get to the actual important events, and maybe it picks up in the later half of the game, but like I said, I'm halfway through Chapter 5, and with Leighton, you always have these questions in the back of your mind. How is it like this? This situation is insane. In this case, it's kind of like, okay, you have the big bad guy. You have this broad mystery. I've gotten no clues as to why it is what it is, and it just feels like I'm faffing about for a long period of time before I get to the parts that I actually like. And one more thing about it that I'm not too big of a fan of is that I feel the game would benefit a lot from deciding which type of control scheme it actually wants to use. Because I've done everything from tapping on the screen to sliding on the screen to using the face buttons to tilting. It's It just feels like it doesn't do any of them especially well. And if they had concentrated on making one of them a bit more stand out, a bit more refined, then they probably could have built more ideas around I mean, I I look at the best comparison I can make, Rhythm Heaven, is all that game has is tap, hold, and flick. And they come up with an amazing assortment of ideas just based around those three concepts. And, okay, what? No, there is is no reason why I should have to use the gyroscope to do some of these games, because... Any of the games that require the gyroscope, you're either tilting it left, you're tilting it right, it obscures your view, it doesn't use it in any particularly interesting way, it just demands that you either tilt it left, tilt it right, or tilt it down. That's pretty much the problem with all 3DS games that require tilt, is they completely lose no, the 3DS. No, 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 let's not get, don't make that the big wild problem, because if you no, look I'm at just saying, uh, it's just the way all tilt, all uh, tilt controls have that problem with 3DS, I believe. Well, I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Well, it does a smart thing. It does the smart thing that after Zelda, people actually picked up on, hey, if we're going to use the tilt, we kind of have to turn the 3D off. Yeah, because yeah, uh, there's um, the, there's this uh, Namco game. Uh, it was the Pac-Man Galaga Collections. They have a Pac-Man 2D platformer. It kind of plays like Sonic in certain ways. Uh, but when you're running, you have to tilt to make them run even faster. And the way they just solved this is they just could turn the uh, 3D completely off on that particular game. And for the uh, Jason, you're, best way to do it. Your, your connection's cutting, cu- cutting and a And Rhythm Thief kind of does the same thing. Whenever you are forced to tilt, uh, it usually turns off the 3D, which is fine. I just feel like the tilting doesn't add anything. It isn't an interesting enough experience and the interactions with it are just so limited. It's it's a game that is not about the complexity of what you're doing. It's a game about accurate timing. And I would much rather it decide on one particular control scheme because through that they would be will they would be more capable of adding complexity rather than trying everything and getting some things right, and failing at other things. So uh, what have you liked about the game? Music's excellent, uh, as opposed to Theater Rhythm, which I really enjoy Theater Rhythm, but 
one of my complaints about that is that sometimes sometimes it just doesn't feel like the music matches and the notes that they want me to play match what's going on. But in this case, I mean, it's spot on. It makes sense. Uh, some of the game again, not all the games are winners, but some of them are quite fun. The graphics are fantastic. It makes very nice use of the 3D. Uh, and hey, it has a Samba de Amigo mini game, which I actually was <laughs> and, able to get to. <laughs> and a Space Channel Five mini game. I haven't got that much yet. Hmm. How would you compare it to like uh, the old DS uh, Sega music game, Feel the Magic? Uh, that, That's not really a music game. That comparison. It's a rhythm game, actually, isn't it? No, it's not really a rhythm game. But that comparison has crossed my mind before we were recording, and it's kind of like it's kind of like Feel the Magic that it tries. It has this new technology that can do a lot of different things that people aren't used to, so it kind of has the, we're going to try anything and see what sticks. And whenever you have the collection of trying everything, it doesn't hold up as well. You mean new tech as far as the original DS for Field of Magic? Yeah, like the original. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> there's no new tech on 3DS yeah, really except Field for the Magic 3D. tried using everything the DS had. It had the touchscreens. I yeah. can't remember if it used the buttons in some way, but it certainly it used didn't. the microphone. It, you blew into you, you blew into it to blow a sh- to blow ships around and stuff. I, I that's will what Vita's suffering from right now. I will say thank you for not th- thus far for not including any sort of rhythm game that requires me to use the microphone. That <laughs> yes, please. We just I have the motion control lesson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. The, my complaints are pr- completely based around the fact that I am a massive, quirky rhythm game aficionado. That's why I bought both Theater Rhythm and Rhythm Thief, despite the fact that they were released one week from each other. It's just, (laughs) to me, I guess I had higher expectations than what this game has offered thus far. And again, I will admit I'm chapter five, halfway through it. I'm sure I still have a good bit of game to go. How how many rhythm ga- how, how many rhythm games are, have you played? What number are you up to? Um, oh jeez, uh, it's got to be about ten. I could be up to twenty at this point. Uh, it has fifty. So yeah, it. Uh, you're not even you're not even at the halfway mark. The yet. only thing is, I'm also at the point where they are starting to repeat a couple of them, and yeah, they repeat the plant one in from a, in a remixed way. You'll see some of the other ones revisited in some ways or another, and uh, it it kind of helps it a little bit. Uh, they they kind of expand on it. They kind of make it harder, but I feel like at that point maybe you should just organize it better and just have hard, medium, easy versions of each song. and Well, um, there, I, I, there is a... Uh, I think there's like a, something like that after you beat the game. There's other rhythm game things like remix levels and stuff. I bought something from the store that I, I thought was going to be something like that, but I don't know how to access it. I, I don't know what it's for, but all I know is that I bought it and now I have it, and I, it doesn't show me that I have it. It doesn't – I don't know what it is. But uh, any, in any case, I've been I, – I, I think I'm like a, 
I got to the, to the plant one, which I think lacks R10. Probably. Um, there. Yeah, R10. Now, I, I've uh, I've really been I've really been enjoying mo- most of what I've been playing. The the puzzles are uh, not as co- uh, as complex as they should be, but I'm finding the characters to be charming and, and fun. You know, I, uh, it's, uh, I don't find it to be a shorter to, to read the dialogue, at least not yet. Though I admit it, it is it is rather dialogue heavy. But um, the rhythm games really make this, in my opinion. The, uh, I hope so. That's the genre. <laughs> don't, yes, but the rhythm games, I think, out, outweigh the uh, other issues that the game has because they're like because because they're, so so far the ones I've played have been pretty fun. They, they've had great music. It, it, it's had, they've had great action with the flicking of the stylus and the and pressing of buttons. Haven't gotten to a tilt one yet. Uh, which is, one did you play? Um, there the is butler? an optional one that is tilt, where you're throwing meat to fondue. Ah. Uh, and there is a non-optional one. I think you said the butler, and it yeah, it's it works kind of like punch out uh, to a rhythm, which conceptually it's really nice. But it's kind of like you have to tilt left to avoid a left jab. You have to tilt right to avoid a right jab, and then you have to. And I haven't de- I haven't determined whether I'm supposed to thrust it down or thrust it forward or point it forward or what you have to do to do a duck. It, it doesn't make it very clear. I think that was actually one of the things that you were complaining about is that it doesn't teach you how to play the games. No, no, you were you were complaining about that one. I uh, I, I I said that, well, there's a tutorial on the first thing that you look down. It usually explains the controls. Well, it, it tells you what to do, but it's like. Going back to the Rhythm Heaven comparison, it's they don't tell you just what to do for the Rhythm game. Oh, God, Rhythm Rhythm Heaven. The tutorials made me stop playing that game because they could be so frustrating. But but here's the thing. If you can't do the tutorial in Rhythm Heaven, then you can't play the game because that's what the tutorial is. But the tutorial doesn't – but the tutorial often doesn't even really clearly tell me – what, how to, how to play the game? Oh, like, it absolutely. One of the, one of the uh, first what? demos, one of the first levels games I played in that was had to do with a bab, the the monkey and a baboon and oh you're, a, okay you're I, playing say, rhythm heaven Fe- fever on the Wii. It's, oh, is that different? Because that's the only only one I've played. Yeah, you're <laughs> talking about the DS one, but different. I've never I, actually had a problem with that. Have you? You, uh, I've not played absolutely the monkey the, stopwatch one. That seems to be the one everyone's stuck on. I, I, that one is it was the one where the monkey is throwing golf balls, and I was able to oh, learn no, how, that's, how to. That's, that's the earliest one. How to hit them? Yeah, I know. I was able to learn how to hit the golf balls. And the normal monkey threw it, but then the the baboon threw a ball, and I it took me about. 20 minutes to figure out to figure out the timing for that. But that's just it. That that's why they Well, that's that's they not the game's fault. That's you not being able to get with the rhythm of the game. Hey, hey, and hey. I I, I, I have a very good sense of rhythm. Okay, sh- sh- guys, shut up. Shut up. Hey, Jason, shut up. The I've really got to talk so far this podcast. I am glad that they do that because it teaches you how to play the game. Whenever I play this game, what I run into is whether I have the on-screen display or not, I play for like uh, the first minute. Then I have to stop and restart because that first minute was just me missing a bunch of times to understand 
what it wants me to do. When you want to play, when they're trying to get you to play a song, they can have a screen that says, do this, do this, do this. That doesn't mean anything because it's just visual. Whenever you're working with a rhythm game, you have to have some sort of audio experience linked with learning how to do it. Rhythm games are about taking whatever cues they give you, being able to interpret it within the rhythm of the game and reacting accordingly. And this game does not prepare you for that. Their preparation See, is... I, think, I haven't, I think the best I haven't example had of this. this. Hold on. I think the best example of this, what he's talking about, is Dance Central on the Connect. Every single dance movie you do before you start a song, they show you exactly how to do those moves with... Uh, and the little silhouettes are coming up, and they show you exactly how to do it. And they won't even let you pass until you do it just right. Um, I recently played a demo of Just Dance with my uh, move on PS3. And on that one, they just show a little pose, and then the dancer's just going nuts, and they're trying to get you to follow along, and half the time you can't get it to work right because they're not teaching you at all. See, I haven't had that issue in Rhythm Thief because the ga- the, the mini games are simple enough that they don't really need it's n- that, that kind of tutorial. At least for me, I I have not had that issue in any of the ten or so mini games I've played. None of the controls are necessarily tough, but it's understanding what they're going to throw at you. And whenever they start throwing something new and unexpected, it's like have you've gotten to the soccer game, right? No, I said I want to play the soccer you game. Have, you honestly haven't gotten to the soccer game yet. No, I have not. Is it all right? Talk, wait, are we talking Rhythm Heaven or uh, or Rhythm Thief right now? We're talking Rhythm, rhythm Thief. Thief. Okay. The thing, okay. To describe the soccer game, this is basically how it goes. You, He's kicking a ball to you. You're returning the ball with the tap. And then just halfway through the song with – only a slight warning with text at the bottom, which, hey, you're not going to notice text at the bottom because you're too busy looking at the soccer ball. They're telling you, okay, now he's going to give an exclamation point and he's going to kick it to you fast and you have to respond to that. They have not prepared you for that at all. You're going to have to – you are absolutely going to fail the first time because it's going to throw you off. Well, I, I can't really say anything about that yet because I've just not gotten that far. But of the many games I've played – I've not had the tutorial. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more meaningful later on as things get a bit trickier. I don't know how much the actual games themselves are going to differentiate themselves from each other because, like I said, I, I'm kind of at the point where I'm seeing repeats of gameplay styles. So there, there's there's one later on whenever you go to an opera house that is... I I do not care for that game at all. I do not. I think it's easily one of the weakest that they offer. So, and, and again, it's supposedly the level itself is the tutorial, but you can still fail it. It's it's not. It, it like I said, it has issues with. It, 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 I feel like if this game were ever able to get a sequel, which, no, it won't because it's not going to sell because all manner of reasons, that there are so many things that just structurally they could improve upon it, and that is more or less what I want to see from it. I just want to see them structure it in some way that is better paced and 
a bit easier to the user. There are a lot of streamlining things that they could do for a better user experience. Now, in regards to my experience with the game, aside from tutorials, which is kind of where we got off track when I was trying to explain my experience, um, the music... The music is is very good. It it it, it, goes, it covers a, a lot of genres. There's like um, what 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 would you, what would you even say the genre of the first song was like like jazz pop what I don't know something that I expect from Jet Set Radio. <laughs> yes, it's that. It's the Jet, it's only, the jet Set Radio. The, uh, only Stupid with game the stop opening totally sound can't be part of this conversation. <laughs> Except the, oh, you can talk about the demo. Talk about the demo, then I'll, then we'll get back to me. Well, oh yeah, three mini games. The, the thing that <laughs> screws me up with that opening song is that the opening of I, I don't know if um Sonic Adventure Two and Sonic Might Adventure well Two Battle have the same opening, but it's that beginning sound effect that sounds like the kind of like musical chirping sound that. It always confuses me because that song starts with that, and it's like, what? What am I going to hear the opening to Sonic Adventure Two now or something? Yeah, I admit that's always what I, what I feel like it's going to lead into. But then I hear much better songs, so I'm like, well, okay, good. <laughs> but um, uh, it's, uh, it's it has a another thing I like about the game is the um. I, I, I am so bad at talking about games, especially rhythm games. Unlike unlike you, I am not a rhythm game connoisseur. I guess play a few of them. I uh, I play Space Channel Five, Samba de Amigo, and uh, Rhythm Heaven, and I have a pretty good sense of rhythm because I was a mus- musician for several. Well, okay, musician too, sounds too snooty. I I played the clarinet and saxophone. But what the fuck? So you're saying you don't? I was I was wondering why no one was interrupting me. <laughs> the, okay, uh, it's still recording. Good. So, All right. Yeah. So Go you're on. saying you don't own a copy of Elite Beat Agents? I do. Oh yeah, Elite Beat Agents. Okay. Yes, I do own a copy of that. Yeah, that's that was like the last rhythm game I bought until Rhythm Heaven this year. Well, okay. There's also Samba de Amigo, but uh, I, I you, bought those you at have, the same time. You, it sounds like you have the pivotal um, collection there. I, I, they, well, I, I, I haven't played much of Space Channel 5 Part 1. I haven't played fun. Parappa the Rapper or Get a Man. You know, there are quite a few of them games I have not played. I, but... If I had any to recommend, if you have a PSP, I wish I, it was on um, I wish it was on PSN, but it's not. Uh, <sighs> Guitaru Man is very good. Yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it. I want, I want to check it out. I recommend it over Parappa, and I kind of like Parappa, but Tarot Man <laughs> is even better. But anyway, I, I have just I have rudimentary experience with it. When, when do I get cut off anyway? You're talking about how you've had limited experience with rhythm games. Oh, okay. Well, I guess the people who are listening to the podcast will have to put up with me talking about talking repeating something. Yeah. Then. Um what? What? Hello? Oh my God! Are people gone again? I'm saying you don't need to reiterate yourself 50 times. Ah. Okay. There's some. There, what is? Why is this connection being so shitty right now? 
okay, look, I, uh, I, I played a clarinet and saxophone in college, in high school, et cetera, et cetera, done. Um, so I, I, I do like to think that I have a decent sense of rhythm, and I've been able to do pretty decently at these games, aside from a few tutorials monkey in rhythm golf. heaven. But <laughs> and a monkey golf. If it involves a baboon and a golf ball, it's just out of your... I eventually figured it out, okay? I just didn't... I kept pressing the button. I felt, I felt like it was in time for the rhythm, and it kept... We're not getting into this discussion. God damn it. Okay, okay. Rhythm Thief. <laughs> has very nice music. Has a very great beat. It, 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 it doesn't disappoint as far as the soundtrack goes. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a month of Tuesday tunes on this series for a reason. And stop eating in the microphone, Jason. Um, that I, that but, is definitely, uh, I will say, that is a game that I would absolutely love to own the soundtrack to. That, oh, it is a very good soundtrack. The soundtrack is coming out on, out on iTunes next month. Are you wow? Are you serious? Yeah, Sega is yeah. On Sega the is really killing it on the soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. they're doing an awesome yeah. job. And uh, really, uh, one, one one song I really like is uh, "Moon Princess." Another one is the main theme. Another one is a uh, really uh, I, the soccer ball mini game. I don't know the kid's name yet, but the soccer ball mini game is pretty cool. I'll be honest, I've, I've fought him twice, and I can't even remember his name. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Except for Raphael and Fondue and uh, Napoleon, Napoleon. <laughs> I don't remember anyone else's name in that the game, game. The game has surprisingly decent production values too for a 3DS game. That's except for the for, voice for acting. Game. Voice acting is. Um, oh yeah, voice, voice acting, acting is doing that quality anime voice acting. They're, they're doing that uh, French. So because tomorrow I'm going to be so busy getting prepared, I'm barely going to have time to play this game at all. They're doing a French accent thing, which I really think that if you, if the main character is not going to speak, not going to have a French oh, accent, it is if, inconsistent. <laughs> it is if, the, if the blonde-haired girl who grew up in a French monastery isn't going to have a French accent, then just give them an American accent. I mean, my God, Tom Cruise didn't even have a didn't even have a vaguely European accent when he did Valkyrie, and <laughs> he did fine. To give you the weird situation, um, to, uh, to, I hate to bring up this spoiler, but the soccer kid is the son of the detective uh, the nice. who's after you. But his so that's why he's trying to prove himself. is so humorously strong that the fact that he has a British accent is just bizarre. It, it's weird. <laughs> But in regards to production values, the animation is really nice. Oh, it has a lot. I mean, that, that, it, it is really nice stuff, this animation. That's one it, thing it does step up over Layton is the fact... Fairly frequent, in, too. Yeah, in terms of just mass, uh, there are a lot of animated cutscenes, and it works well with the 3D. We're talking and about the animation done in 3D and done well. Yeah, I really can't wait to play this game on my 3D on uh, a 3DS XL just because of that. Just because it's just so gorgeous. And um, another thing about regarding the voice acting, I don't think Phantom R's voice acting is that bad because you know he's not trying to do a forced bad. French no, Raphael's fine. Some of the main characters are a bit passable. It's just that whenever you get to some of the side characters, whenever you get to the absurd French accents combined with the weird, inplaceable British accents that don't necessarily belong. <laughs> it just gets... It, it's, it gets into bad anime territory. Uh, oh, you know why the blonde girl has a... 
has a um, British accent. I think it's because her supposed mother, I don't know if she's her mother yet, shut up, she asks, um, is, a, a, is a duchess from Britain, supposedly. I guess they think the accents are genetic or something. Yes, <laughs> but, um, yes they are. <laughs> but, um, yeah, animation's great. The voice acting for the primary character is great. And I think the character characters themselves are actually kind of are actually kind of neat. They're you know, fun characters. Are, they, I, I like I like Fondu and Phantom and Phantom are, you know, they're, they're they're cool. They're not they're, they're not like groundbreaking or anything, but they're enjoyable. They are latent level characters. Yes, which is all I really ask from a rhythm game. I mean, really, I, I I've yet to really play a rhythm game where the characters are anything more than ridiculous. No offense to Ulala, La, but <laughs> she's kind of ridiculous. It's, no, that is a that, you are a game in which you are a space reporter <laughs> and you are mimicking aliens in order to zap them and yes, left, yes, right, left, right, choo, choo, choo. You're trying to save the space president and stuff. Yeah, there's just some games yeah. where the story just takes a minimal presence just to focus on the gameplay because it's just it's a world where nothing makes sense. And I rather like the. That, that there are different kinds of music mini games. You could, uh, would you kind of consider it, Rhythm Thief more of like a, a, a like if it was a movie more of a musical, in that it, uh, it the, not, the, no. the story not really kind of no. makes sense if it was like that. Just take take uh, Layton and then replace puzzles with rhythm mini games. Yay! That's, and that's basically what this game is. And honestly, that's one reason why I kind of like this game more than Professor Layton is that. You know, um, puzzles aren't really my cup of tea, but but um, rhythm games. I that, I really I really like playing that, that, those those kinds of games. But um, in in regards to the different uh, kinds of mini games, I think that the game benefits from it because it allows the game to cover a variety of different genres, a variety of different. Um, well, you, you can't argue and that. It, it, I, honestly, I think it's the only way that you could make a decent story-based rhythm game with characters is if you have mini games that can. If you have different kinds of mini games that are made for specific situations in the story, no, like um, no, no, but I am still talking. I let I let you go on long diatribes. I will go on a long diatribe. Shush. When do I get Shush. to go on a long diatribe? Whenever you when play the game. We're talking about a game you've actually played. <laughs> but anyway. You know, in one in one, in one in one rhythm game, you're pressing buttons to punk beat, beat up some knights. Another one, you're swishing the stylus back and forth, forth to play a violin, which is pr- my favorite mini game so far. Another one, you're hitting different poses on the on the on the touchscreen to uh, hide behind certain kinds of planks. And another one, you're dancing. It's just and the different movements, the different kinds of controls really lend themselves to these different kinds of mini-games. They do contextualize well. Which is something I think is really cool. Because, I, I don't know, in Space Channel 5, when I press the A button to shoot the aliens, I don't really feel like I'm shooting the aliens. You know, I, I, I don't really... It, it, um, it, it, do, it, it, it doesn't... Space it's not really Channel, quite as engaged. Space Channel 5 is a game built around a mechanic... Rhythm Thief is a is a. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Space Channel. Yeah, Space Channel Five is a game that's built around a mechanic. Rhythm Thief is a mechanic well, that's built around a game. Yeah, that's, that is that is uh, true. Yeah, but um, 
Also, Space Channel Five <laughs> is a story written around a mechanic. Well, that yeah, replace story with game, and you get. Oh no! I, you defeated us by matching our rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm not quite. Sh- how does that link into what, what I was saying? I, I, I know that there are different kinds of rhythm games, but arguably, so you, li- is- you like the fact that it's contextualized in the story. Yes, and I like the fact that. Um, Hey, now I lost my train of thought. Yes, the kidna guy who reminds everyone what they're talking about. No, the guy who makes us forget. But um, I, it just the the variety I think for once actually helps the game because, like I said, different genres, different moments in the storyline, everything just falls nicely into place. And so far, I get to I've yet to really play a bad one. And they are and it gives a variety of different mini mini games you can come back to. And the game won't really get as, get old quite as quickly, I think. Of course, I've only, of course I haven't played it as long that long to really judge it on those merits yet. But um, let's see, anything else? Uh, well, at the moment, that's it. I know that there's some after-game extras and stuff, so I guess we'll see how the game how the game is after we beat the story. Uh, Shigs, want to say anything else in regards to Shigs, the speak of the death? Yeah, really. I- Gee, I love the three mini games I got to play, and I'd love to play the damn thing if GameStop had just given me the. Oh. Uh, just uh, well, it's not GameStop's fault. It's freaking FedEx for not uh, delivering on time, because they usually get their stuff in by eleven, and I was there at like eleven thirty and no dice. So, oh well, I'm that, I'm excited reminds, for it. I'll play it tomorrow for a little bit. That, uh, that's gonna be about it. That reminds me, pacing in mini games. Um. So far, I don't really find myself um, being bored with the game yet. Um, I, I like I, I agree that the that the that the uh, text can go on a little too long, but um, I mean it's it's at least decent to read. I, I, at the moment, I'm still interested in what's going to happen next. But I guess I can't really talk too much about that because you're further along. So maybe it's much slower than I expected to be. Uh, what what for me slows it down? Maybe. You do not have my type of personality, so you oh, don't do not. feel you need to do this. There is a point in the game, and I forget if you got that far or not, that they explicitly tell you that at some point you may get locked off from certain areas. Nope, not, not there. And basically what they tell you is you may, even if you lose access to a rhythm game, you can buy it later. However... If you lose access to a sound, one of the collectible sounds that you can use towards other things, that you may not have the opportunity to get that later. And that makes me extremely paranoid. Uh, It it means that basically at some point uh, that we're imitating the Player One podcast and someone feels the need to play Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but this conversation is going on for so long. It's driving me nuts. But if, more or less, oh, it makes me paranoid, and I have to click every single square inch of that space to make sure that I get one of the five different things that they want me to try to find between the sounds and the magical note pages and the coins and if it were just the coins uh, I could pass that see, I'm, not, I'm not really that kind of gamer I, I, I'm not a 100% completionist if, if, if anything that the game's going to steal you off from 
it's not going to be that important. I mean, we're, we're past days where it's possible to um, make a game unplayable by uh, by, by uh, getting past a certain section or something. You know, it, these days that's just considered a bug at best. So I wouldn't really, I wouldn't waste my time searching every square inch of a screen. Well, I, do, I just don't want to miss. Except any for like Sonic Unleashed, where they I force think. you to hunt for those damn medals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just, but to be fair, that it doesn't lock you off from areas in that game, at least. The, my <laughs> issue is they've, they've actually kind of made it a bit clear that if you are able to find some of these things, that it will unlock or it will provide you with branch mini storylines that you can follow. I think there's supposedly some storyline that just features fondue, but you have to get a certain thing. And the idea of... Unless they give me some sort of new game plus, which even then I'm not convinced that I would go back and play just the whole storyline a second time. I would, I could easily go back to the game, the actual rhythm games, but I don't feel that the story is interesting enough thus far that I would want to replay it. So I just want to get whatever I can get out of it the first time and not have to worry about going back a second. Hmm, understandable, but... Uh, yeah, I, uh, now I see why you have that problem, because by and large, I've been kind of blasting through the game. And Leighton kind, of, um, kind of fixes that, because you really don't need the coins in Leighton. You can get through the game without the coins, and the coins are plentiful enough that I get through a game and not have to use too many of them, except in like emergency situations. And But at the same time, they very rarely shut you off from anything. You can usually save right before the ending of it, and it will take you through whatever you need to. Wow. <laughs> I think Shiggs is giving us the signal of moving on. Yeah, well, you interrupted me again, goddammit. I have opinions. Yeah. yeah, so do I. Stop tramping all over the hey, host. This is why you're always our last choice. Or whatever dumb stuff out of mind. Um, anyway, um, but yes, I, I, I've just blasted through the game, and so I find the game to have a lot less filler, by and large, than by and large. I, I, I've I'm actually been kind of surprised at which at which the pace have of the mini games have been coming. You know, it, they've been coming at just the right amount so far. So I'm happy. Now, um, GS, are you going to tell other people? Are you going to tell anyone to buy the game? it's it's a hard sell without me actually finishing it and seeing if it all right any true. super better i would say at this point if you were to ask me point blank which one i would rather be playing more of i would probably go with theater rhythm hmm. all right well i haven't played theater rhythm but i do hope all of you loyal sega fans go out and buy this one if you can get um, both, get both. Uh, I just, it's, for my money, I have gotten more out of Theater Rhythm. Now, Theater Rhythm X, Final Fantasy music, right? It is Final Fantasy music, but um, the way that they structure it is very interesting. But I won't go right. into detail on that. So, Listen to the spit if you, So, so, if, final, so, so Fantasy Star Online 2. <laughs> so final if Fantasy you, Star? No, don't Final like Fantasy. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, which I know a lot of our listeners don't. Buy this game. <laughs> hey, I don't like Final Fantasy, but I love theater rhythm. 
You're not you're not making this any easier, man. No. <laughs> this game is not getting a sequel. No. <laughs> okay, it's a good game. I'm not saying don't buy it. I'm saying that thus far it hasn't lived up to my high rhythm game expectations. All right. Well, Fantasy um, Star Online 2, coming to the U.S. of A. Chasing you, in shut up. April. I'm the host. Fantasy Star Online 2. I'm sorry, we've only been talking uh, rhythm, online rhythm RPG for about two Star hours. <laughs> coming west. We have been talking for two hours. We've been talking for 40 minutes, so there. Yes, PSO2 coming west. Jason, why don't you start us off? Um, I'm very glad and happy that it's finally going to come out over here, because uh, I was uh, thinking of... You know, going through that ridiculous amount of trouble to play the Japanese version, and now I just don't have to. <laughs> I, I tried to get to the beta, and trying to hook up with uh, whatever Sega's Japanese uh, network account thing was just such a huge pain in the ass. I just couldn't do it. I know Shady's doing it, and I think uh, Ruby Eclipse, uh, Aaron Weber's probably on there already, but... I, I, I'm no, just gonna wait, one, and then there's one English room that everybody goes into, but I am just gonna wait till this comes out. I'm very happy <laughs> it's coming out to the West, but I'm just wondering how the Vita is gonna work for that one. Well, I don't know. It's also coming to iOS and Android, so it kicks be a part of those of those versions with decent controls. Yeah, but do you play it online all the time, or I mean, how would that work for? Uh, Vita? Well, I don't know. Fantasy Star usually has an offline. Fantasy Star Online usually has an offline mode, so. I imagine that when you're, I imagine that uh, when you can't play online, you'll just play as your character in the uh, offline mode. I'm just glad I got a Sega game on my PC that'll actually run. I had the, I have it on the <laughs> lowest settings, but it'll run smoothly on the lowest settings. So happy awesome. with that. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going that, to. And uh, yes, as far as uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is, I'm also really happy that's coming over. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to interrupt you. Go on. <laughs> so. I, I'm specifically not going to ask this question with Knights, but I am going to ask it with Fantasy Star. The biggest issue I have with Fantasy Star, I don't necessarily understand the combat system of that game. Just in a nutshell, just like like how does it work? Is it action based? I got this. Is it? It's action based with a rhythm to it. You have to. There's a certain way you have to press the buttons in order to successfully yeah. pull off a. It's not just button mashing. You, it's a press, press, press. You kind of have to get a get rhythm to it. Uh, make sure to press the next button right after your um, animation of your last slash ends to get a good rhythm going. Yeah. How, so it, so in, how, in that case, it kind of keeps you on your toes during the game. How significant is impact? Of, this is going to sound so stupid that people aren't. Probably. But how significant is the actual impact of weapons? Because that can make or break a uh, well, RPG not, for me. The impact Depends of on what weapons, you can do. And you got so, swords and guns and I don't know what else. It, it can make it can it can make enemies stun. You can hit them and go rawr, and they'll shake around and it'll stun them for a second. And and uh, if you can stun them for enough. If, and uh, eventually you can even knock them out, make them unconscious, and uh, it, um, it it gives you room to hit them more. But it feels like, it feels like whenever you use a weapon, it actually has impact to it. That it's not. Um. Yes. Uh, you, that's sort not of. a very confident. Well, yes. we're, we're dealing with a Dreamcast. We're, we're dealing with a Dreamcast game here. For a Dreamcast game, I'd say yes, it has impact, but. 
for a modern game, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how PSO2 handles it. I mean, for all I know, the the, the uh, combat system is completely changed, but, but I hope not. I'm going <laughs> to establish the context of why this matters to me. A while back, Cartoon Network had this surprisingly uh, okay uh, MMO called Fusion Fall. Uh, yeah, I've heard lots of comparisons that Fusion Fall is, was very much like um, the original Fantasy Star Online. However, the issue I faced with it was that it didn't really matter what I did with the weapons because they were kind of all had this pseudo homing. It didn't matter where I was positioned because enemy attacks, no matter where they were, would always hit. Well, um, uh, it's funny that you bring up a, a Cartoon Network game because another Cartoon Network game that's the clone of another really good game has the exact same issue. Uh, the uh, Smash Brothers ripoff, Cartoon Network Punch-Out, I think. Uh, Cartoon and that- Network um, Punch Time Explosion. Yeah, that okay. Punch time explosion. That um, that that had like a that was a really that was like a pale imitation. It was like Smash Brothers, but it didn't have to, the the characters hitting things didn't really have the same impact. The uh, combos were really crappy. The the, the turning, the maneuverability of the characters was really bad. I'm, ju- I'm just concerned that it being an MMO. And the end, we're talking about a uh, B-rated development team or D-rated development team, probably trying to imitate. Uh, no, no, no. I, I get what you mean. I'm just saying that I am hoping that even though it is an MMO, that my actions as an action RPG character have impact in the world. Um, yes. For a Dreamcast game that had impact in the world, I don't know about PSO2. I think uh, I, I, we'd have to ask Shady, I guess. I'm, I, I, going by what I've played of Fantasy Star Online 2, Fantasy Star Portable, and uh, Fantasy Star Zero. There is typically some impact, but um, I, I don't know if it's to your liking. Let's just say. We will find out. Consider that yeah, we'll find play. out. Please let it be on Steam. Please let it be on Steam. Oh, I wasn't, well, okay, it was announced for Windows PC, so I guess Steam hasn't been confirmed yet. I, I hope it'll be PC. I hope it'll be on Steam. Steam is a make-or-break uh, factor for me with this. Did Steam have Fantasy Star Universe? I don't. I don't think so. Oh ah, well. Okay. We may not be seeing you online then, uh, GX. Uh, anyway, I don't really, really have much to say. I mean, um, when I played Fantasy Star Online, I uh, create a really short imp character with a with a giant afro and call him Disco Stew. And, I um, play as like a little robot <laughs> character. Those are my. Did favorites. you did you not have enough rhinestones? <laughs> um, and uh, you know it was fun. I, I I got hacked a few times. I uh, got I was given hacked weapons a few times, which I then used, and not quite realizing that they were hacked weapons. So I like, rather embarrassed in hindsight, I... and it, it was a fun experience. And I, it, I'm, de- I'm definitely ready. My body is ready for Fantasy Star Online. And the great thing about free-to-play is I won't get screwed over and be paying fifteen dollars oh, yes. a month when I when I think <laughs> I've I've finally quit because Xbox Live has that has that auto up uh, repayment uh, thing that I didn't know about at the time. Hey, Sam. When PSO2 was first announced, I was playing fifteen dollars a month for a game I wasn't playing. The one thing I was waiting for, aside from a U.S. release was free to play. 
Hey, they must Because be- that's, that's one reason why I never bought, played PSO, PSO on the GameCube was because you had to pay money for it. I didn't like paying, paying a $10 subscription for a game I wasn't going to play every month. Hey. But um, So I'm really happy that it's free to play, so I can just spend money whenever I'm actually using the game. Well, Sega must but, be doing all right with the model then because, I mean, hey, they bought three rings. Yeah, yeah. Spiral Knights has been a very su- uh, big success for them as far as free-to-play content goes. And you look at you look pretty much at any free or ninety nine cent game on a smartphone, and they show that they have big big revenue because everybody buys the little in game stuff that's inside of it. Uh, it's not always don't doesn't always have to be that case. Uh, my niece is playing DC Universe. She's up to level sixteen and hasn't had to spend a dime. She's played dozens of hours of that. I cannot get into D- to DC Universe. That's another. That's that was my uh, first How long MMO. did you play uh, Spiral Knights oh, uh, not... GX before you had to spend money? I well, I I purposely wanted. Well, I played it for a while. Then it, for me, it wasn't necessarily a choice of I felt like I needed to spend money. It became a choice of Hey, I really like what they are doing with this game. This is a game that I am anticipate spending a lot of time with so i'm willing to spend money because i feel that the team that made it deserved it that is my kind of mmo because it is action-based like i said i feel in a lot of ways that my actions in it have meaning and it's a game that even though it is an mmo that i can do a lot of stuff on my own which is how i actually played a lot of the game is just solo so um that's good. Guess that's kind of how I am in my MMO. It takes me a while before I get I join a guild. I'm always by myself for the first few hours. I'm a, I, my personality is that if I'm not playing with friends, then I'm not going to play with just random people. I, I, that's yeah. not the experience I like. Yeah, I could never get into PSO to DC Universe because it felt like I was just playing. I was just flying through. Uh, a, box world with no real point, just robots randomly spawning, and it, it, it didn't, and the tutorial level wasn't very good. I guess it didn't get get, get me hooked, did, which I imagine for a... Well, the, the one thing that sucks, Shut up! The one thing that sucks <laughs> about DC Universe is every time you want to try out a new character and make yourself a new character, because oh, uh, and if you make yourself a new character with a different mentor you had before, you'll have a different experience. In the game, but the problem is you have to go through the exact same tutorial level where you're in Brainiac ship every single time, and it's boring as hell. Uh, I, w- I will say this about um, DC Universe Online: Nights into Dreams. Let's talk about uh, that. No, 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 no. I want to say one more thing about DC Universe, and that is the name. The name system is very, very irritating. They should. It should be like a two-name system where a username and then a name that is displayed. Because I know what I had to come up with some crazy ass name with five ten with five numbers in order to finally get past that goddamn name check thing. <sighs> okay, yes. Now then, the reason one reason why I broke you off there is because yes, nice. the final on. game on our list is shut up. One of my favorite well, if- games. Before Knights into what? Uh, I mean, you know what? I'll talk about it after Knights. Never mind. Okay. Knights into Dreams is finally getting an HD release. Hallelujah! Yes! 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 I didn't do that when I uh, first saw the news because I was around people, but... Yes! 
<laughs> and don't be surprised oh, if Christmas Nights isn't paid DLC <laughs> come Christmas time. Yeah, 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 that's probably going to happen. But yes, Nights and Dreams, uh, this is one of those games that is ageless, timeless, and it's finally going to get some sort of HD, a, HD facelift so that the visuals match the gameplay in terms of how awesome and up-to-date it is. Everyone's well, really favorite play. hermaphrodite hero returns. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, is this the point where in which I ask the questions that will rain on everyone's parade? Or should, no. should I wait for... No, or you're, should you're I wait for... No, I, I am talking first. I'm talking first this time. I know, I'm pretty sure you don't like nights very much. No. So no, I'm talking not, first. No, 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 no. Here. I, 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 you, can just, you can explain after Let I Let me talk. ask the question to lead it off. All right. Okay. I'm waiting. What? The question... Knights is basically... Has this very big following. It's practically infamous... But the fact remains that not a lot of people have played it. Yep. What do you feel that the average person, the average gamer, that has an open enough mind to actually play this is going to play it, is going to get it, and is going to appreciate it? No. (laughs) Then that's the big issue that I face, and one of the biggest hesitations I have with investing in this emotionally. Because I know you love it, and I know there is a massive. Yeah, I, mean, I loved it. Ap- I loved it after many trials and tribulations. And, I played so it at launch, I so I, I I enjoyed it right from the beginning. And, and it's very. And skilled. the thing is, it's. I think there'll be enough people who enjoy it just because it's so unique from any other game. But I, yes, I do think there are quite a few people who are going to love this game, but there will be people who do not get it, which is why I guess said yes so bluntly to your question. Now, I love Nikes and the Dream. Really? I and could frankly, tell. screw those people. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Yeah, so fuck no, you. No, no, we can't yeah. just screw you people. It's, you cannot just say that. Oh, my God. That's Look, the, can I talk about the game? Can I talk about the game? Can we talk about this after we talk about the game? When I say, you're turning GX. Come on, please, man. I'm begging you. You're going to cry soon. Okay, but you, have, you better have something significant to say other than, I love this game and I love the music. And I, that's, how I like, that's how I like to start it off, goddammit. But nice in the dreams. Ageless times, blah, 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 blah. If you keep... Don't break my train of thought. All right. It's so easy. Now, Nights in the Dreams, that's all. It's a game that, um, if you're going to play it like a Sonic game or really any kind of typical game, you're not going to have much fun with it. Because it's not that kind of game. It's not a GX, GX, no, bad GX, bad. Don't don't make me mute you. I'm pretty sure I can mute you on this thing. Shush, No. It's not like a typical game where there's a set goal, you go to that goal, you do the goal, you have fun, and you're done. If you play Nikes like that, you're not playing Nikes. You're not enjoying the game. This is a game where you have to, really, you have to look at it more like a toy, like a playground. Uh, look, you have to look for, you have to look around and play with the things around you. You have to Play, play with the mechanics that the game gives you to make the experience what it's supposed well, to be. Like, Experiment like, and try to get... Oh, my God! I'm asking a follow-up question. 
I'm not done hey, talking. Like, what Come mechanics on. are you talking? Like, <laughs> I was about to talk about them. But you didn't. <laughs> I was Can't about play to. play with mechanics. Well, That's maybe we need to know what the mechanics are. Because that I'm might about be something to, good to preface this with. I'm about to talk about the mechanics. If you would let me speak, I gave you nice unlock. Very poor organization skills in what is most important to tell your audience. I don't care. The audience doesn't care as much that you. I don't care about the current conversation. What? Now, can I please? Talk and can you please not break my train of thought? I will if I feel you need to clarify some stuff. Well, wait until well, well, give me a minute to actually clarify stuff. Now that that you're going to clarify it, the mechanics. (sighs) I'm really. I think we need to cut that part out because goddamn, you guys are going to edit. Yeah, we're going to edit tonight. I'm going to edit tonight. Um, anyway, the mechanics. See, see, see what me, see, see what you do with me, GX. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to just think, and we're going. You to wanted record. to be the host. Well, I am the. I was going to be this big host. I was going to have such energy for it that I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to think, and when I get rolling, I can talk. But then when you stop me, it becomes much more difficult. Okay, the mechanics. There, there's a trick system. There is a, uh, there's this really intricate scoring system. One of, one of GX's problems with Rhythm Thief that he didn't really talk about for some, uh, was the uh, scoring system. Nights and Dreams is probably one of the most intricate, deep scoring systems you will find. Even after you get the A button, even after you get the A grade, you will keep going because that score can just go up and up and up because there's always a little extra thing you can do in every, in every single level to make your gameplay just to make your game just a little bit better. There are tricks. There are uh, all, all kinds of. Um, there, there's like a, a trick ring that you can fly through. Once you fly through the trick ring, there's a whole bunch of tricks you can do. So, in for like 15 seconds. You're trying to maximize your tricks. It's like a, a slide. It's like a. And at a the same time, second. trying to get speed through yeah. that that particular section as fast as possible while doing. You're always you're always uh, you're always uh, balancing your play through uh, with. Uh, you're always balancing your play between different things like um, like uh, collecting spheres and time and oh my god. There's so much. You're, speeding, um, you're, do, you're going through loops. You're you're uh, doing tricks while loop de looping to collect the, all these orbs. You're trying to collect the orbs, get through that area in, in a I'm good amount ready. of time. All this at, at once. So it's I'm ready. Really, it's just okay. Okay, you know what? I, we, I am starting over my entire night. Thing. So no, no. Oh, no I, think I, got, I think I got the points pretty good, so, didn't I? So. Here's th- this is the issue that I face with knights. This is this downer. is my interpretation of basically what you're saying. So you do the thing to get the points, and then you get the points, and then you get more points, and then you get the points so that you can get the points. And points, 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 grade, oh, points, yeah. points, points, points. I I never unless it is a rhythm yeah, game. Rhythm it's, game it's, is it's maybe one of the few exceptions. You don't have to do that. But how big of your... how important of a part is that to the game what am i going to get out well, of the game if i do not care with, about uh, you know, the score 
leader leaderboards were before I don't it care didn't, about so. yeah, but I don't care about the leaderboards. I don't care about the score. I don't care about my time. I have never cared about it in any platforming game. I don't care about that kind of stuff. What am I going to get out of the game if I don't give a crap what my score is? If I now, barely I, care about what my grade is. Uh, I, do you promise not to interrupt me until I can only until if I you, only if you need to clarify? No, no, no. You if you interrupt me, I'm going Learn to, to be stop a host for God's sakes. I know, but I this is a game. This is a game I really know a lot about. And I really want to be able to talk about. You know my you know how my brain works by now. So just let me talk, and then you can say your piece. Now. In regards to Nikes, aside from the scoring system, it's it, 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 it's a trip. Nikes is a trip. It has a a really great. It has it has this really spectacular, diverse soundtrack and these this really beautiful, vibrant world, with constant movements, enemies, not Nitopians. Just the stage itself is always constantly doing something. And for a Saturn game, especially, that's really impressive. But it's just a great game to look at. And when you combine that with the music and then the feeling of flight. The feeling of flight is very important to how good Nikes is. And when you could say a Saturn game is pretty is pretty to look at, that's a compliment and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nikes has this very smooth way of flying. The trick system I was trying to explain earlier, um, you, 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 you can really – you can just – okay – you can just cartwheel and spin and loop, and it, 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 the, char- the character just has so much personality, and the game just has so much personality. And when you get to the final stage, that, this is where Nikes really won me over was the final stage, because it's probably one of the best examples of storytelling in a video game, mm-hmm. at least one of the best, I at least. See. What? I'm, I'm hearing. I'm hearing. It makes it, it wins me at the final stage. That's not a good thing for a game to do. Well, no. The final stage was where I got it. That uh, that oh, that I told, not I told, a very I told good you that. Compliment. I told you well, that it does Nike have high replayability. So even if I you told get you it there, you're going to want to go over. back to it. Nikes did not win me over at first. That's why I told you the first playthrough of Nikes, I did not get it. I did not get the scoring system. I did not really get the, how, the, how the music and the levels work. I didn't really get that. Once you accomplish your goal, you're supposed to keep playing and playing and playing until, uh, until you can perfect your run. Now, I know you don't care about the scoring system, so allow me to go on about the final level. Please do. Now, the, fi- now, the final level has this really great you – start, you start out as one of the two human characters, Clarice and Elliot, on this little island – in the middle of this great abyss of darkness and uh, city, city skylights, city lights below you. And um, <laughs> just like in every other level, you approach Nikes. You're about to grab on his hand, then Wiseman, the game's big bad guy. I get the gameplay. I know it looks nice. No, I'm not. Shut up. I'm not done. Um, Wiseman picks him. Okay, see, stop. Wiseman. Point. Why? It, why should oh people care about this? You're not getting to the point. You're saying it's so nice. Let me tell you about all this setup, little things. Get what 
is the core of knights that makes it what it is. And it and yes, every the thing is everyone already knows that it has a fantastic soundtrack. Everyone knows that it's this big wonderful whimsical adventure. What we what I am curious about, what I need to know, what is keeping me from being truly interested in this game is understanding what is the core, what is the flight mechanic and how does it work with the gameplay how does it create this you see i've been trying to explain this stuff but there's more tonight than just you this is a game this is the game i this is the game that i i I can go on and on about and i want to it's a a game i think i understand better than what what's going on jason's fiddling with the mic or something oh okay this is a game. It's more than just the flight mechanics. It's more than just the, than, than just flying around. It's more than just progression. If you if you don't like the scoring system, if you if you if you don't care about the experience, it's more than that. But this it's... is not your game. That's that, that's all I can say. Because when I first played Nikes, that that's how I looked at games. That's how I looked at Nikes, especially was going forward, accomplishing my goal, how, flying around. And uh, get, 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 get getting to the level, and that's not how you play the game. Um, so, do you want me to tell you about the flying? The flying that you, you fly around—it's very smooth. That, that's how you fly. You can fly through rings and stuff and, and rack up points, but you don't well, care about points. You see, you didn't have to tell me yeah, no, about. No, no, the, 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 you fly around left stuff. to right or right to left in, in a yeah, two and a half D plane. You, you got to explain that too. It's not the, it's the actual not a 3D controls. Plane. It's not a 3D flight game, but the actual controls, are, they're very simple. That's not really what makes Nike special. It's, it's the whole package. So if you don't want most of that package, then the game isn't for you. I've been trying – I haven't been going off on – I haven't been going off on tangents, aside from when I'm trying to tell you to let me talk, because, because I'm, I've been t- 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 telling you about the core of what makes Nike good, which is the scoring system, which is the gr- graphics, which is the – uh, flight, which is which is the smoothness of the which is the uh, how how smooth flying is, which is which is how how interesting the story is once you think about it, how how good the final stage is, all these things. The the, the the scoring mechanic pretty much makes nice. It is a score attack game. If you're if you're not in for the scores, then you are not. This is not really your game. And that's kind of what that I, I mean to to some extent I am speaking as devil's advocate because I will tell you this is fully one hundred percent what I expect. I expect it to come out, and I expect the reviews to be middling. I do not expect a hearty set of reviews coming out of this game, and that's just assuming that the game is an excellent port of the Saturn version. Because I feel that that type of gameplay, as much as you love it, as much as that is your type of game, as much as I know that you love your on-rail shooters and your score-attacking games, I feel that that's not going to be enough of a motivating factor in this market for this taste of game anymore. Uh, maybe. There are very few examples of it. Before Nights into Dreams, before Nights into Dreams, 
I didn't care about scores. Nights and the Dreams was the game that made me care about scores because the scoring system was so good. Now, we don't get... Now, um, there is another game like Nikes on the market as far as the scoring system is concerned. The, the scores are, at best, you know, something reserved, something reserved for uh, some secondary arcade mode or something, or some numbers that come up at, after you beat a level. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if, you're, if your viewers don't get it, then they don't get it. Uh, I think you may actually. I, I would. I would usually agree with that. That reviewers won't get. It, but I think in regards to Nikes, I think they will. It's not. Uh, we'll it's see. not a matter of getting it or not getting it. To me, it's a matter of is this compelling gameplay? And to me, at the well, I think to me, and I think to I a think lot of so. people, at the end of the day, numbers may not be compelling enough. And it's, maybe the maybe I may say that maybe the experience to get the numbers is something that a lot of people strive for. I mean, maybe, okay, Trials did very well. Trials is absolutely a numbers-based game from what I've come to understand it to be. It's kind of like a mixture of Sonic and Trials in certain ways. I'm just not sure that that's... I, I, I I have a difficult way of expressing it. I just... To me, it, it, everything that you're saying is reinforcing my fears about the game. I just think that if, the, if the critics can get past something. the trippiness of the game, the unusual way it plays and everything, oh, and no. enjoy it for this score-based system, and and uh, you know it's re- it's high replayability if you, if you can you know if you if you get it, if you get what the game is about, then I That's, think it will do it'll do okay. And that's a very strong demand if you are demanding people to get it. To me, it, you say that it took you to the last stage to get it and you eventually got it. That doesn't necessarily sound like good design to me. It sounds – okay, maybe it leading up to it, there is good design. Well, that's, what, that's what Knuckles is saying. That's not what I'm saying. I, I got it at launch, and I even got the little pillowcase for pre-ordering and everything, <laughs> and I enjoyed what I played. I, 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 I say even this before as a, I really as started a, doing the score system, I I loved doing the loop de loops and trying to collect as much orbs as possible. I really sucked at first, and I was running out of time constantly. And sometimes I'd end up turning back in the Claire or Chris, and had to run around and grab all the orbs again. But uh, at the uh, end of the James, day, I, I it was an question. enjoyable I, game, and that's what counts question. the most. Chids, did, did you play uh, Afterburner? Afterburner, yeah, I played Afterburner. Yeah, Afterburner, there's the guy. The Afterburner Climax. That is a no, 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 not not Afterburner Climax. The original Afterburner. A little bit. Okay. Did you play any arcade game a lot back in the day? Um, let me think. An arcade game I played a lot. Uh, there was always the Pac-Man's and the Donkey Kongs back in the day. I'm trying okay, to think of one game that I would play the. The hell out of, uh, and I can't really. Outside of like Miss Pac-Man, I can't really think of anything. Okay, in the games that you did play, did you care about where your score sat on the scoreboard? Not always, no. But did you ever? Most of the time, no. Okay. I just, yeah, I just play the game for the play of it. All right. So Nikes, is, so Nikes, did you care about your score in that game? Uh, I cared about the grades. 
I did not care as much about the scoring as the grading. Uh, I that's what something I like what the Sonic team does was is when you're getting low grades, it, it, it it's like okay, you beat the level, but you didn't do that great a job at it. You could have done better, and that's what gets me to uh, pushes me to want to replay that level and get a better grade. I'm not a big grading so, fan, but I so, can uh, kind of get behind shit, that so, bit. Shids, what what do you like about Nights and the Dreams? Yes, go on a diatribe. GX don't say anything. Okay. Uh, first, I wasn't too crazy about the character design with the way Nights was, but I, I got it, you know, shortly after. But um, I like I said, I like uh, flying through the loops. I like uh, doing the little loop de loops and going back for the orbs. That's probably my favorite thing. Is just something as simple as seeing a group of orbs and doing a loop-de-loop to get them and doing a trick while doing the loop-de-loop. I mean, so, there's so just... Like, a, I, I, yeah, I just like the actual gameplay mechanic of it. Just just doing what the game's naturally supposed to do. So, the only times so I really like didn't care for it was, like, some of the top-down stuff was a little... Eh, and it, it, would, it, would get, it would make it easier for me to get lost uh, in the game when I was trying to get on a certain track... But outside of that, yeah, I really enjoyed it just for the, the the basic gameplay of it. All right, now that, now we see now we like Nikes for two fairly different reasons. I like flying around as well. I like the, collecting the orbs and stuff, but it has to do with the relation of the score. So I did not think it was the greatest gamers. story. By the way, I did not think it was the greatest story ever. I think, well, that's because I think it was very stuff. very basic. It was just okay. They had nightmares. The, the knights. Uh, okay, if if I uh, said story, helping I, through helping them through their dreams. And, if I said story, I misspoke. And I in fact, the, the I meant journey story. of dreams is what really ruined that game. I mean, this <laughs> this the heavy uh, focus on story actually ruined that game completely. If it had just been I, more level based like the original, it would have been a lot better game. If I said story, I misspoke and meant storytelling. Storytelling, yeah, the way it kind of thing. Can you separate those? I think yeah. you can, yes, because games are are not really the best way of telling a story. Now, I can I can see having a good story with bad storytelling. It's it's hard for me to imagine a mediocre story with good storytelling. Okay, I, yeah, now a good example. Hold on, let me talk for a sec. Uh, a good example here is Garnet Lee, who thinks uh, uh, video games could be the next big uh, medium for storytelling. I disagree. I think uh, games at their basic core have to be games. They have to. Uh, the if you don't have the enjoyment of play and are focusing to, uh, more on the story, it's not it the depends. same thing. No, it depends. Whenever story I mean, can uh, become I, play, I mean, Ma- Mass yeah, Effect is an example of story becoming play. I, GX, Echidna, you know, uh, have you played... Uh, play you, in the end, though. Uh, no, it's not played. GX, I know you watched that animation on Penny Arcade, the the stick figures that talk. You, extra uh, credits. Extra credits. You saw the episode where they talked about storytelling in games and Missile Command, right? Yes. Okay. Now, they, talk, they talked about how games could tell a, t- t- tell a story through... Very, very, very simple means. For instance, Missile Command, Six Cities. Yeah, back back the, when I was a youngin, Missile Command was probably the scariest ending to a yeah. 
to a game in a long I, time. The thing is, uh, I think the hopelessness of, of nuclear war, the, the, the sacrificing it's, civilians. Okay, I, so that I see what you're saying. Bay. However, Missile Command was a game that had something to say. Is Knights a game that has something to say? It doesn't have a public thing to say, but it does use story mechanics in a similar fashion to Missile Command. It doesn't have especially, especially in the, Do you especially mean the in fact the, that it's, there's no actual speech and there's no actual talking? In no, no, not, not, not in that it, it tells its story purely through the game. Well, okay, not purely to the game. Mostly There's through two cutscenes, the an opening and ending cutscene. You can't cu- it's not The cutscenes don't tell you anything. The yeah, they do. do. They, t- they tell you that they're having, you know, okay. a nightmare. They give you, you a good idea of why. It's psychologically you... why they're having those nightmares. <sighs> the, the, you're <laughs> missing the point here. The cutscenes are just the setup and the ending. The levels are uh, the levels are formed by, from the characters' minds. They reference things that the characters have experienced that they like, their dreams. Everything about the game gives you a little hint at who the character is. And as an aspect of Nikes, I rather enjoy it. It, it has re- it has resulted in lots of discussion in the Nikes community in in, in regards to Clarice and Elliot and the kinds of characters that they are. And the final level, which I was talking about earlier, uh, is, pr- is pro- probably one of the more direct expressions of story through gameplay. Not, no talking, no, you know, no, no cinematic actions, nothing like that. You take this one final experience with the character. Now, I, I, I need you to not interrupt me here. Now you know. Now you know. Final level, uh, Clarice or Elliot. They try. They uh, try to touch Nikes. They and Wise Men uses magic and stops them and knocks them into the abyss and they land on a small piece of land. Now Clarice and Elliot, throughout the, throughout the entire game. I almost don't want you to say this. She because, acts, no, I almost don't want you to say she this. She acts. This Come on, Mary. Please let me finish this. Please. But at this point, we are talking end of game. I mean, that is almost the ultimate spoiler that you're giving people. And I, in some ways, I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, I gotta. We gotta say something there. We should put up a spoiler alert because even though this is a freaking fifteen, a sixteen-year-old game, uh, there's still it's an obscure game, and a lot of people have not played it yet. And okay, even to this point, alert. I don't want to hear it because I still play – whether – no matter what opinion I have on it, this game has enough weight that I am going to buy it anyway. I kind of don't want to hear because effectively if you describe this to me, I have a feeling that it is going to take away from my experience. And if you want me to have the experience or the realization that you have about the game – then do you really want me to hear that? You know what? You are completely correct. So, but you'll just have to take my word for it in regards to the storyline. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to say this because, like I said, I've uh, all yeah, made actually, my decision. Yeah, a good point. Okay. <laughs> I, I am. I am not saying this for the purpose of saying knights 
does not have a place in gaming, that Knights is a bad oh, no. game, not for people. I know you weren't. My, my biggest concern is that we are, as Sega fans, as a Sega community, about to face the fact that one of our most beloved games as the community is going to be up for a lot of scrutiny at this point. I, and yeah, there uh, could be a lot of... It, it's going to t- it's going to be people know that b- based on the passion behind it that the game is supposedly good yeah. but what people do not know and what people are not aware of is why it's good and, and i think that i don't know but in an age of games that uh, that are critically critical darlings like journey and flower and such do you think and people are more open minded about this kind of gameplay do you I, think I'm it'll not, still do poorly even then i don't think i don't think everybody can i'm not saying sales good or bad i'm saying their interpretation and their opinions and word of mouth type stuff uh, that is that is my concern but what we are going to face is the fact that we may need we are going to face a time in which people may not understand this game that the game that we have held in such high esteem is going to be under a very critical eye at this point and it's not the saturn era some of the things that it does may not be as revolutionary as when it once does and no that maybe knights does not have a very valid contemporary but I have a feeling that it's to the game to the gaming consumers we have to be ready to answer some of those questions. We have to be ready to justify it and we need to have good justifications as to why we have it in such high esteem. Oh, well, that's kind of what I've been trying to explain to you in regards to things like the scoring system and my my experience of the game. That there because it sounds like it is a very thematically complex game, that's going to be something very difficult to communicate. That it is very much an uphill battle of explaining people because it's like, as I told you, I'm not interested in score. My understanding of the game was that it is almost entirely score based, and the goal of the game is to get the score. And that's why I don't think this game is going to be for you. And it's, yeah, that's the thing. And that's why it, when I was not, asked, if it's not for everyone, it's not for everyone. There's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah, and th- this is why when I was when you asked me, uh, will this be a game that uh, contemporary that that contemporary gamers can understand and will love? I said no. I I uh, I bought this game in 2005. I didn't get it. If it wasn't for the fact that I was a big Sega fan, I loved the, the Sega Saturn. I wouldn't have given this, played this game for more than 15 minutes. And frankly, this is how I expect it to go for a lot of people. I mean, there's this one uh, kid in the, in the Sega forums who hates this game. He only played it for 15 minutes, but he didn't like it because he didn't get it. And yeah, this is the game that it doesn't give you tutorial. It, it doesn't tell you this, the, the, that, these, that a lot of these mechanics exist. They're just there. And so this is a game that I don't think a lot of people are going to like. I will. I, I don't think so. Now, I hopefully, uh, you're hopefully like you said. Hopefully, we can. Hopefully, Sega Vix and Sega 
in Sonic Stadium and places like that can tell people about the mechanics and why we like the game, but, I mean, really, yeah, critical reception can go either way, and while I think the game's probably going to be pretty well received, I think it's going to be mostly because of reviewers who were teenagers when the game came out and played it and loved it. People playing Saturn games. You're, yeah, now you're living in a dream I mean, world. we... I love the gameplay enough that I played through the Christmas Nights demo when it originally came out and unlocked everything. Now, if you don't (laughs) don't know what that is, Christmas Nights demo, you're going through one level as either Chris or Elliot, and you can, depending on what time of the calendar year it is, or unless you set your Saturn, you'll either have a Christmas theme or a normal one. But every time, and you play one level and the boss battle, and that's it. But every time you... uh, beat that, you know, thing, you get a chance to unlock more unlockables like game concept art, uh, videos, and even the, eventually the ability to play as Sonic in, through the Knights level. And fight but, a Robotnik, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable enough that I, I was able to keep replaying that level over and over again and still, you know, just to unlock the stuff. And that, that's, I think, its uh, biggest attribute, in my opinion, is that... Uh, I just enjoy the main gameplay part, and if I didn't, I wouldn't play, you know, all the way to the ending. And I'm going to, I guess I will end it on a positive note. Uh, possibly backhanded compliments, but <laughs> is there any Is there uh, any other kind? I love you, GX. First off, uh, I, I am very much glad I've, to be playing it as the high definition thing that it will be because the Saturn I will be very happy now, now, may I warn the you Saturn's resolution. <laughs> uh, now may I, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to interrupt you, but it's a warning. You know the good kind of interruption. It's, I'm pretty sure that this is the PlayStation 2 version. So when they say it's HD, easy. when they say HD, it is. PS2 HD, probably, with some smoothing. Hey, if it's better than the Saturn's terrible, terrible resolution, then I... It's it's better than 32-bit graphics. And great. I'm fine with that. But, you know, don't get your hopes too high, is all I'm saying. And (laughs) since we've already decided to uh, make a Player One podcast callbacks, Vindication! Yes, the Saturn 3D controller is not a good controller. It is a dumb controller. It was uh, good back in the you, day. I think we yelled I, at I each other enough. I think the uh, <laughs> analog nub was one of the was one of the better analog nubs for for a long I, while. A it, was, it felt analog. good on the hand. It but then again, big. I got giant hands, so <laughs> I can't always. Yeah, I've got I've got fairly big hands. I too. don't I, I don't think there. I am sick of everyone lot. talking about my giant hand. The first such incident occurred in 1952. <laughs> Here's That's the thing. Uh, I'm going to argue that that controller is better oh. than the Xbox 360 or the Shock. Uh, nobody's going to argue. Uh, no, I, it's not better than those controllers. But I actually thought it was a more comfortable the controller than the Dreamcast. Yeah, it was. But so, the Dreamcast especially, was just... especially thanks to the analog thumbs. The Dreamcast controllers, shit. <laughs> I gotta say, it, it, it's yeah. a venue for the. I love, VM. I love my Dreamcast, but it's got a horrible controller. Okay, I'm sorry. I bring out the worst in people. Yes, yes, you do. You've actually, you actually. We're able to make me almost 
almost yell at you today, which I was hoping to not have happen on the Sonic Talk podcast, but lo and behold, Knuckles has a temper. So uh, what were you saying? Me? Yeah, I thought you were saying something. Or am I, uh, I, well, someone was saying something. Talk. And now, before we get into comic talk, uh, one more break <laughs> with a musical interlude. You and me, I can see. You are not far away. Okay, we're not listening to this. We're not listening Anytime, to this. Anytime, place. Yeah.
we're back, and while we were gone, she X admitted that he liked Journey of Dreams. That, it was all right. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yes, but oh, it's great makes... if you get rid of all the cutscenes and the kids and, and just uh, just play as nice. It was realistically assault. my first experience and with the Knights, mediocre little and design. I mean, I don't think about Knights the same way that you think about it because that wasn't the you experience that I had. The yeah. experience that I had with it, I mean, I could put up with the eh, okay cutscenes, but to me, that's what that is what I understood Knights to be at that point. Because not many people actually go to the lengths to explain what makes knights knights. Simply, and like I said, I'm raising those questions because that's the question that people are going to ask whenever this game actually comes out. What makes knights knights? What makes knights this big important thing? Yep, and hopefully we'll be able to answer them. Uh, maybe it'll take a little while, but I'm a writer. Like I like I always like to go into detail when I explain something. Uh, that, that's unfortunately just kind of how I am. I'm not, not always good with getting to the meat of things. Oh, For example, uh, but regards, moment, what? which we're uh, shifting into something else. because We are right, shifting yeah. into something else. <laughs> Segway. Anyway, speaking of, speaking of something else. Right, but, uh, last, I'm the host of Comics. Yes. One last piece of Sonic news I wanted to mention oh. uh, that recently came up is the Hello Kitty Sonic, where they're coming out with now. <laughs> the Sega oh my family God, yeah. uh, combining uh, their uh, strengths together. Now, they said this is the first of a, I guess, multi-deal. They're going to do, uh, Sanrio's going to do some other Sega merchandise. Oh, most probably, this mostly is a Sonic related. segue into uh, something GX told me earlier. GX, go. Um... Uh, I told him a thing earlier, and uh, stuff. Oh, come on! You had all these Sonic tie-ins to Sanrio merchandise, and it it was funny. Uh, Come on! They were done. I was like, well, the next is Choco Big the Cat, and uh, I I can't remember the Penguin's (laughs) name without looking it up. (laughs) All right, okay. Gen or something like that, and Shadow Kurumi. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot oh. like that. Jeez. <laughs> this will probably be one of those other things where you they throw it into the UFO catcher. You try about fifty times to try to grab it, and you can you never do, and you end up wasting about thirty dollars. Well, I'm I'm depressed that it's not all of your obsessed about the UFO catcher anyway. That you have to be at a certain place at a certain time to get that kind of stuff because. That is the type of thing that I would buy from, hey, the new Sonic merchandise U.S. shop thing. Hey, that's a great well, – nah, see, that's a good segue right there, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's we're not that's going to the Sonic the shop. Yes. But we can't uh, – don't have time. Well, let's just mention it uh, just for a sec. They got a it new did. Sonic merchandise shop that has a few – just a few collectibles and toys, and that's it. Every – Three out of the five sections still say coming soon and don't have crap, including T-shirts, <laughs> which if you go to any Walmart, Target, or whatever, you're going to find tar- Sonic T-shirts, and they can't have them on a web- their own official website? That's ridiculous. Well, you know, that's why I uh, didn't really care too much when they announced it. <laughs> but um, comics, are we ready for this? The comics ready for comics. Discussion. Comics, okay. Um, let's see. All right. 
Uh, Sonic Universe number 41. Uh, we talked about it before, but since we... That, Wait, we did? Uh, I thought that was... Yeah, in the, we, I thought that was... Remember, I, I, was criticizing, I was criticizing heavily about the, you know, them not explaining about Shard, which I was right. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't until 238, which came out two weeks later. Then they told you everything <laughs> about Shard um, and... Oh, yeah, I was trying to talk about 238 and that, too, and you wouldn't let me. Uh, GX, you've read for, number 42, right? I have 41. read number 42. No, actually, okay. 42. All right, and uh, Jason, have you read 42? I'm 42 hasn't come out yet. Well, it has for us subscribers. Well, I, <laughs> same thing for nights. I don't think it would be fair for us to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I, but my, but uh, really, my opinion of issue 41 is linked to 42 now because I think 42 was a big step up. But okay, okay, 41. I know, wait, I know. That for, uh, I still think there's a lot of potential in it, cause, but I think 41 was just one of those beginning stories where it was just, you know, this is just a starting, very so transitional just, period. Yeah. This is a yeah, very it was a trans- transitional, was a transitional issue. Yeah. You know, there is one non-spoiler thing that I can uh, talk about from 42. They had a checklist for the Sonic free, Sonic Secret Secret Freedom Fighters. What the hell was that? Sonic for Secret Freedom Fighters story arc. Hey, can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you said a checklist? Okay. Yeah, a checklist for Sonic of, Universe. There's a lot of crinkling right now. Ah, well, that's... T- Probably yeah, checklist around, for you do that a lot. Yeah, I do. But the checklist for Sonic Universe uh, for the Freedom fi- for the Secret Freedom Fighters arc. They they uh, so it, it's like it it it's the story that takes place both in the main comic and the uh, main story arc and like everything's out of order and stuff apparently. Which there's like a prologue and epilogue in the main comic. It that is kind of the characters and ties things up. What makes me really worried at this point then is Sonic and Mega Man. No, I think Sonic and Mega Man is going to be done differently from this. Well, this let's um, talk about that near the end. Yeah. Okay. So number forty-one. Uh, Jason, why don't you start us off? Uh, well, like I was saying. Uh, it's basically the Justice League International of <laughs> Sonic Freedom Fighters, where you got mostly you know B and C list characters that barely anybody knows. Which I guess if you're gonna start a secret underground resistance group against the uh, evil king, that's the best way to go is to get people pe- that nobody really knows too well, except for King Elias. Everybody knows who he is, but Silver he's only been involved in stuff pretty much outside of the kingdom, so nobody's. Really not familiar with them. Larry Links, they would know a little bit, um, but of course the Wolfpack twins, they've never mm-hmm. met before. Now uh, the story itself was just okay. It's just it's just them getting their basics down. Uh, mainly Silver Shard and Larry Links Super Jinx <laughs> uh, going after um, Jeffrey and trying to find out what he's up to. But the pro- like I said, the main problem I had with this before is Shard uh, they just he's just there and not really introduced too well he's just this metal Sonic that's been redesigned and he's got like Sonic's attitude to him and he's really cocky and you could tell he could be a likable character but but throwing somebody out there which you don't know who the hell he is is a horrible way what is that sound you're making oh my god Oh, shut up. I'm trying to fix my headphones. Keep going. It sounds like you're farting into the mic, I swear to God. 
Let's ignore the sound and talk about the issue. Okay, okay. Anyway, so basically they they try to get Jeffrey and they... Okay, sorry, I had to to do something. Really? Uh, But it's just a very basic uh, uh, learning, you know, intro that really doesn't, I think, doesn't examine the characters well enough for something where you're trying to get your bearings grounded into the who these people are and what they're all about. And I think they could have done a much better job on this issue than they did. I did like the ending where um, Elias and the wolf twins are trying to find out what Nagus is up to. And he, he's uh, well aware and he's turning into this fire demon. It's just pretty awesome. But other than that, I, I, I was, uh, well, you know, fi- uh, whatever. He's, he's an elemental, so he could just turn into fire. And you haven't read 42. No, I have not read 42. Yeah, so we can't huh. talk about it, but yeah, yes. we, I really I, like Forty Two. But uh, so, what do you like about what? What, do, what? I know you have a different opinion, GX. What, what do you like about series? To me, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that this arc is never going to really get into something big or heavy. I think what it's going to do is it's going no, to. No, big and heavy. Big and heavy are on the other team. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I have a feeling what they're going to do is that this is going to be exclusive to set up that this team exists, that this is their purpose, and that eventually they will play back into the main storyline, that they will have greater influence over what happens there, that Mm. uh, we are – it's kind of like we are, are, again, facing the transition that the dominoes are being restacked. Uh, and we're just waiting to see what's going to knock them down. Uh, I, I don't really know about that because this whole thing was pretty much formed in response to uh, Nagus becoming king. I don't think that's going to be a, a a plot point come issue number two forty one. Uh, it's been the plot point. I mean. On where they're, they've been focusing with each individual issue, but I mean that's been the kind of underlying plot point. So unless it's either going to be that Nagus will make the move or Eggman will make the move, and whichever one makes the move first is going to be the one that it's going to be about the whatever's big, or they could both make the move and it's going to be about the major conflict between them. Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, two forty-one. Uh, blast from the past. No, no. Two forty-one. <laughs> I'm not reading it. I'm just going through it. I am not. Reading okay, it. yeah. Um, going through it. I guess. I guess I might be wrong. That's all I'll say. But um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I guess if Nagus remains a plot point after this story arc. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, you know what, you're right. I, I don't really think they would resolve it in this story arc, because it's all about um, subverting him, right? Uh, they, this is, this, these aren't really, they aren't going to end this story arc in Sonic Universe. Oh, you, oh no, so, Nagus at the end of yeah. two issues? No, I can't see them doing that at all. I can see them. Yeah, yeah, I you're right. See it, the best I can see it resolving is that... Maybe they discover the fact that he is multiple 
creatures in one. <laughs> Maybe they make some sort of blow against him or find out some sort of dark secret, because that was basically the whole point. They're trying to figure out what is going on with them, what is the major plan, what is the whole point of him being king, because clearly he isn't king just to be king. Although, I don't know, maybe with Nagus I could see him being king just for the sake of being king. Yeah, Nagus doesn't really have any greater motives, I don't think. I, I mean, think he's... I, what, ha, what has he done since he's become king? He's basically been possessive of the of the title, and that's about it. I, I mean, if he, want, if, if he wanted to complete power, if he wanted to rule people, he, w- he wouldn't be working with the council right now. I feel like I feel like Nagus is a smarter character than he lets on. Uh, hmm. It's just that his fatal flaw is his ego, so he underestimates. Uh, I, I mean, I would not be surprised if he has other things going on, and that's yeah, the whole the- reason why they were kind of spying on him is because they expect him to have other things going on. Yeah, see, that's the thing though. He's playing it smart because. If he just tried to uh, force his way to be king, uh, nobody would go for that. He, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have the army, uh, you know, going after the people because the army would refuse. You, you gotta, you gotta have people, you know, people uh, actually believing in you before you can have really true power. As far as true, king, but he uh, did a, he he gained a lot. He gained a lot of clout by derobot by deroboticizing Bunny by saving. Uh, the city from Robotnik. He gained a lot of clout through that. I don't really think it would have been too much of a stretch for him to say, "You, I will be your king, but I must rule alone. I hold the power to. I hold the key to your survival. These, these yeah, fools the problem, do not, etc." Because of uh, <laughs> things like the the new um, team uh, freedom and such, that they've kind of proven that he can't really protect them that much by on his own. Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's kind of why he became king to begin with. And I I've not seen anyone say, you know, what Nagas isn't that powerful. No, they, I, I every time I've seen the people in regards to Nagas, they've been cheering him. They really like him. And uh, I really think he wouldn't have been much of a stretch for him to take down to, for him to uh, just politically destroy the council. Yeah, that yeah. this is yeah, getting into such profound territory that I do not want to get in. <laughs> okay, that, okay. That, that is that is uber nerd territory whenever we start <laughs> the the mechanics of the evil wizard uh and his political control over the- Well, either way, I think well, this is I you know, I really I'm into politics too, so I'm <laughs> not about it. I'm saying that maybe I don't want to reveal that I'm thinking about it as much as I am. <laughs> Jason, go. Uh, never mind. I was going to say this is another, you know, little step into the road of 250, where we got in these three separate teams now, all, all partially due to uh, Sally being roboticized, and then and, not, and this one-two punch of uh, you know Eggman Agnagus. So I think I think part of it is uh, they're showing the. Well, anyway, my prediction on as far as uh, at the end of 250 with Sally's fate is, I think a lot of people people are expecting it to just go back to the. Uh, Way things were, and I do I do not think that's going to happen at all. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I'm predicting that never... Sally's going to realize that she, uh, when, uh, even though she was an asset before, with uh, things like being kidnapped and have, using her, 
Eggman using herself uh, against her own people, including actual strategies against her own people, that she's going to be end up uh, realizing she's a liability and not be a leader on the Freedom Fighters anymore. Because uh, Sonic's already proving that he's could actually be a very good leader and and uh, have victories on on his own. Maybe we'll see. Um, anyway, speaking I, of uh, speaking of Sonic and everything, we should we should go to two thirty eight. Yes, it was okay. It was kind of disappointing, a little mediocre. I think that it yeah. felt like one a one-shot issue that was uh, divided into two parts. It kind of was, thanks to the backstory, which was a and lot better. And it was also a story that was repeated, uh, like, three years ago, back in Raining Cats and Dogs, basically. I mean, we got uh, Eggman and the Egg Legion uh, trying to put uh, doubt in between... Uh, the wolf pack and the Philidae and trying to make them fight each other. And they end up joining together and end up kicking Eggman's butt again. Uh, but really the, the, the whole point of this arc was just to introduce um, Lita and Lyco. Yeah. Lita, yeah that's Probably. basically what it was uh, mainly for is to introduce Lita and Lyco and, and show them a little bit more because uh, they're going to be the uh, secret freedom fighters, but there should have been some progression. I mean, we had, um, What's her name? What's her name? Hathor and Lupe in the cell Luke. together having a hey. conversation. They both had to make a sacrifice. Uh, Hathor losing her robe, so she technically wasn't uh, queen because <laughs> of their extremely weird culture uh, dealing with that. And Lupe possibly becoming roboticized or legionized. But in the end, uh, Hathor and uh, Lyco or Lico, which one of uh, one of them, uh, with a cool butt kicking on uh, Drago. That was actually my favorite part. Uh, ended up rescuing her, and you think at the end that there'd be actually uh, more of a strength between the two clans, and they, you know, they'd actually kind of admire one another a little bit more. But in the end, they, they just grip their hands real hard and say, yeah, "Just don't mention it again, all right?" They still don't, yeah. even though they're still at peace, they still don't really like each other. So that's that's my other part of the story is if it didn't really progress at anything it was filler it was absolute filler that felt like it didn't need to there was nothing in it of any importance outside of uh tails putting a uh dare i a ask? chip on the uh death yes in fact, there. In fact, well before you say anything one more thing the backstories in both 237 and 238 <laughs> had a lot more importance than what was going on in the main story of both those issues. I was going that's all to, I was say. I was going to say, yeah. dare I ask, has there ever been a wolf pack story that ever had any significance whatsoever? No, not really. I mean, I remember the, the, the wolf pack arcs of the, that they had back in the 1990s uh, with, uh, where, where Lupin ended up being roboticized, but in the end, I don't really remember it going anywhere. It just yeah, feels like well, this is another opportunity pack, for us to check just, in on them for no just, particularly just, good uh, reason. It's just mm-hmm. more of a stretching of the world and everything. And So whenever you get to the wolf pack, it just shows them doing their own kind of thing. And they, while they don't really contribute that much to the main main story arcs that much, it's, it's nice to see them once, and again, once in a while. But I really felt this whole story was unnecessary in it and that it was pretty much told before with uh, Big the Cat and the others. All I'll in, add uh, is that Tails cats can, and dogs. All I'll add is that Tails can actually pr- hold his own pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool too. And I think okay. I think uh I think Sonic was a uh, was actually uh 
partially responsible for that because before they would kept holding back on Sally because you know that's their dear friends. But okay, they, we're getting into that awkward territory. Once they realize, well, once they realized that you know that they had to fight her back and they they didn't hold back, that then they, that's when they realized that they were actually able to uh, achieve uh, a greater sense of victory or whatever. Okay, and um, if we're done with two thirty-eight, by the way. Uh, we, we, uh, what do you guys think of the art by uh, Yvonne Stanley? Because uh, she'll be there, I guess, at Comic Con along with Dubs. Yeah, I I, I don't really remember Fine. it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, this is I, she. She's a I think it's a she because it's uh, on their on the uh, Deviant Art page. They had a icon of a supposed to guess supposed to be a self portrait with her on it. It's I guess remember the Stephen Butler boobs. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Ever it, since Ian it, it took very the reins, much, much that, look like fan art to me. I, mm, fan art. I'm just saying. Well, ever you since said that Ian you did took some fan the, comics, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, Go ahead, GX. Go ahead. I'm just saying that it, to me, ever since Ian took the rain, the difference between the different artists has been less and less and less. It's not like the hundreds to basically everything between. I would say, well. I'd even go say like everything after fifty between fifty and a hundred fifty that yeah, things I mean, were I'm... just all over the place. To me, it's it feels like they've done a good job bringing it down to at least a little bit more consistency. And yes, yeah, every artist see, even different. even Butler's art is starting to uh, follow closer to Tracy Yardley's uh, <coughs> style, from the more Sega Sonic style. The only from problem what is I understand... I'm sorry. The only problem is characters like. Um, Sonic and uh, Ra- Razor Claw, because Razor Claw has this dramatically different look, and uh, to what the way Sonic looks, and that's a, that's a, the one problem as I have is he still doesn't quite have that um, uniform feel to it. Though oddly enough, Razor Claw was actually a character first drawn by Stephen Butler, I believe. Yeah, I think that's part um, of the reason why they had Stephen Butler do these two arcs is because he did also did Raining Cats and Dogs, and he's. Yeah. Real familiar with those characters and how to draw them. But in regards to the uniformed arc style, as I recall, um, Archie is is uh, trying to make a conformed arc style based around Tracy Yardley's style. Which well, they, was they, they consider that the more Sega Sonic style. That's yeah, and it was also kind of derived from Sonic X, at least in my opinion. Um, and uh, so that's why we've been seeing this kind of consolidation since Ian, Ian, and, Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley took the rings of the comic. And now, it really seems for the ben, best. Ben because, Bates uh, is actually, I think, I, as much as I love Yardley stuff, I think Ben Bates is actually improving on it a little bit. He's, uh, he's doing a great job. Well, either way, it's it's better than how it was before whenever it Definitely was Definitely better everywhere. how it was before. With better than Dave, Dave Manick and uh, yeah. uh, Ron Lim and Many Hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are pretty horrible times on there. Anyway, I think we're ready to move on to the final point of discussion. The Mega Man <laughs> uh, Sonic Cross 12-part crossover. We're going to have four issues through. 12-part crossover, I was Mother of giddy whenever I first heard this, and I realized... Then, 
My then then, then you got to was... think about it, and you're like, uh, 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 I mean, it's not it's not its own separate thing, which would have been much cooler, I think. Uh, would no, I I think they're doing the best way, or, or just no, in okay. Sonic Universe or something. Because the problem is, yeah, in two, it's going to happen in 2013 near uh, Sonic's Road to 250, where all this major stuff's happening, and they're going to have four issues just out of Sonic dedicated to this crossover, four issues of Sonic Universe, but and that's then four just issues they... of Mega Man. But that's just now, it. They Sonic actually Universe have Mega to Man? make that's it. Cool. To, now, actually, they, that's just it, though. Because it's not separate, they actually have to make it significant. It, here's the thing. The rule of thumb is whenever you have the one-off crossover, generally speaking, it sucks. Because yes. it has no relation to anything, and it has no general point, and it's there because it's there. If Ian has a story that requires 12 comics then clearly he has some sort of development there. Maybe <laughs> it may not be the long-lasting development that we would be expecting. I'm sure we're not going to see, hey, maybe Mega Man offered Sonic's World this special technology to develop the Robot Masters or something. But it means that there's actually going to be a story and not this. Best I can say, remember Sonic Live? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh. But the one Remember thing that the also worries me is if if it becomes a Sonic Genesis, and it becomes uh, well, pointing in, in in that particular way. But at the very at the very least, we'll actually have Mega Man as part of Sonic's comic book canon, which is actually so Sonic cool. uh, G- Genesis is done really in the way that you kind of think it should be done as a separate story with very little relation to the to the main comic. Yeah, that's, that's the fact that's, that they are making this a Genesis. part of the main I it comic. Was disappointing, but it was its own separate, you know, thing because the universe changed at that one point. But because it was own it was because it was its own separate thing, there was no significant plot developments. It was boring as all hell. I really did not like Genesis very much, but this this is going to be a 12-part storyline taking place in all three comics. And it, it's not going to be something like where... Um, rem- re- remember the DC-Marvel crossovers that take place in a miniseries. And they are just completely removed from anything happening in the actual comics. And they are rushed. And they're just like a bunch of quick fights. And in the end, you know, nothing really happens. That. That's that. That's not what, what's going to happen here, I don't think. And that's going to make this a really good story. That's what's going to ma- allow Ian Flynn to really let loose. We let hope. I mean, uh, interact as as I, and develop their plots a bit. Yeah, we hope. I mean, as much as I love Ian Flynn, there's there's times where he does miss the mark. Oh yeah, like with Genesis, yeah. separate storyline and all that. Well, in several Sonic Universe arcs, like pretty much anything involving <laughs> Silver, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's amazing that Silver is almost the mark of death for a Sonic yeah, it's, Universe. Yeah, it's, it's funny. He, it's his favorite character too. But anytime he writes stories uh, with him in it, they tend to be absolutely horrible. <laughs> with Silver, I yeah. I, the only Silver the arc, comic the Silver Sil- stories I like was Silver when he fought Rotor and the. And the one island. I didn't like the silver future where, what well, was the alternate future with uh, what's her name, Laura, I didn't Laura know Lee or whatever? Like that one, Laura I, Sue. Maybe. Laura Sue. I didn't like that one. I didn't like uh, thirty years, uh, the thirty years of the future or whatever it's called. Thirty years We're later, going off on a where uh, where uh, silver wasn't barely even involved in that. I mean, in the main comics, Hedgehog Havoc, he was he was good in that, but. 
Uh, most Sonic Universe arcs that involve silver, I just didn't care for. Okay, I, I, I guess there's, I guess there's a certain level of separation that I need to do because I think that <laughs> I, I have such a low opinion of Game Silver because Game Silver is terrible. Uh, but um, we're not saying he's good. But he's worse. I'm saying the character. I'm not saying the no, character's no, bad. I, in the comic. I no, I'm saying the actual character. The silver stories is that he, some of the stories that he's been involved in weren't too good. That's yes. mainly in Sonic Universe. I, I guess as a character, I actually enjoy him a lot more than, say, Shadow. Hmm. Shadow's a non. Shadow's like a non-entity at this point. That's a hilarious thought to think of whenever you. Though speaking of Shadow and directing us back to the conversation, they did release some concept art of Shadow with bass. Bass. Don't don't. Whatever. Don't. I know. I know. I've been saying bass, bass. for years. Now I'm so sorry. <laughs> he, he looks like a bass to me. Like I don't know. I mean, I, like I, I, it's all music band. Everything in Mega Man. I know it's all music. Rock man, treble. Uh, rock man, roll. Bass, uh, blues. Uh, well, Proto how does man. Proto Man? What, what what does Proto Man have to do with music? Nothing. Uh, Proto, no, Proto, Proto Man was originally blues. Oh, blues! Right, yeah. right. They changed his name when he came over. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, yes, I'm sorry. Base. Yes, Shadow and Base. God. I, I told myself yeah, earlier I was not going to make that mistake. You saw the other one with Knuckles and Proto Man in it. That makes the most sense. Yes, yes. They're, both, they're both the friendly rivals. And you know what that means, right? Uh, that cannon. Proto Man is officially the best Mega Man character because Knuckles is the best Sonic character. No. And they've been together. No. So therefore, yeah, so therefore no. they are both the best characters of their franchise. No. So Knuckles. No. No. <laughs> no. I like Knuckles as much as this guy. Being being compared oh, to Knuckles does not justify you as the best character of the Mega Man franchise. Yes, it does. No. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm excited. Well, that, that's just how much I love Knuckles. I am excited. For, I'm, I'm curious what in the world they're going to do because, in all honesty, I mean, again, I don't expect this to have long-lasting repercussions. However, I don't there, there are a lot of thematic parallels between what Archie does with the Sonic universe and really the Mega Man universe in general because. It, it has become an issue of like the robot rights, the um, acceptance of robots, the idea of being legionized. This all these. Yeah, that might be that... an interesting thing because uh, we're talking about uh, one comic where they're trying to get uh, robots' rights and robots' respects. Where in the Sonic universe, uh, pretty much most robots are except except for like Nicole or uh, Shard are pretty much evil and. They'd rather just have them destroy the any yeah and robotization. People hate you know being turned into robots or anything. So we got this anti-robot group and this pro-robot group that can may actually make for an inter pretty interesting. GX, I have a question. Have you have you heard our Ian Flynn interview? I have not. It's oh he Ian did this whole thing where he talked where he compared Wiley to Doctor Eggman and how Wiley was. Much more childish and didn't really have Eggman's kind of um, lust for death and destruction. And, yeah, I and can the way see he just. Yes. Everyone uh, go, go and Dr. listen Wiley to our po that wants podcast. He's more the center of attention. He doesn't want to rule the universe. He just wants yeah. recognition and he wants people to. 
Oh yeah, that's you know, that's his origin. How awesome that's he why is. he turned is because he was sick of being in Doctor Light's shadows, and his idea of getting the attention was to reprogram the world robots and use them to take over the world. We, we are in some good. We are in for some good moments between Wiley and Eggman. I. Th- um, we that's are, the I part think. I'm most excited about is Wiley and Eggman. If, if, as you said, that's um, what they are interested in, is, I think that is true because I look back at the Sonic and the Mario and Sonic Olympics, and it's very depressing. That's what they decided <laughs> to do with it was that they were going to what was it? Steal something from the Olympics? Steal the gold medals and make snowstorms and. Yeah, I I played that D. I rented that DS game. It was the most ridiculous storyline ever. Is basically they're making fog with uh, evil doppelgangers in it, so they could like steal the Olympics or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of because they weren't invited or something like that. It's interesting to see certain characters interact, (laughs) and perhaps between Wily and Eggman, that could be the most interesting interaction. Yeah, on games like that, I wish they'd get an actual writer who actually knew what the hell they were doing. They could have some fun with it, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah, but for that game. Sega can no. have some real limitations when it comes to writing for their game content anyway. I mean, it's why the comic books can't really be based on the Sonic games, because the restrictions would just be too strict to produce anything meaningful. You could. I'm, I don't believe that that's entirely true. I believe okay. that there is enough content out there right now that you could make a Sonic story. That is originally what Sonic X was going to be, to my knowledge. And look how it turned out. <laughs> it, I'm sure there are many, many creative... I'm sure there are. I'm sure that Chris was some sort of... That, but, was some well, sort of I, producer. I think most of you uh, have seen the original opening... For Sonic yeah. X, that didn't inv- that were it was like a mix of humans and the animal people. That's, that's anyway. what Sonic needs. Sonic Sonic needs to live. I feel like a broken kind, record. Kind of like uh, so uh, many times like, on my um, podcast. Sonic I needs to live in a world of animals, and I need to sleep. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, or or both animals and humans like Dragon Ball, where where they're just, yeah. they're, they just mingle together. Something so that it's not such a big deal that he's the hedgehog and looks stupid like Sonic 06 or and Sonic it's the one thing that, to a lesser extent. It's the one thing that really bugged me in an Unleashed is that all you ever saw was humans everywhere and their reaction to either Sonic or Chip or Amy or Sonic as a werewolf was, oh, halo, how you doing? Well, where the hell are all the other talking animals? If they're used to this sort of thing, how come there's not other, you know, talking guardian animals mingling with them? I don't ever want to know Sonic's actual origin as they... I wouldn't want Sega to actually give a story that gives Sonic's origin at this point. No, I, don't, I wouldn't either. But I don't, want, yeah. I don't want to feel like people should be questioning it. And that's what I get from the current yeah, the, situation. The problem is with the video games, it's, his world is always different from one game to the next. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal so is can 46. We, uh, can we please hear this back to uh, Mega Man? We're going to talk well, anymore. Close the door. <laughs> I love me the Mega Man. I can't. I, I'm in the middle I, of conversation. I have been a massive fan of the Mega Man series as it has been portrayed, even though it's basically a complete ripoff of the Astro Boy uh, (laughs) storyline. 
but I like yeah, well, Boy storyline, so... To be fair, uh, the Mega Man games kind of take a lot of inspiration from things like Astro Boy and Cashern. So uh, I think that's, it feels that's one natural. Thing with Mega Man is it's pretty much this. It's it's good. It's got good the uh, story canon as far as it's the same world from game to game, except X, which takes place in the future. Well, and there's also and there's, Legends, there's consistency there that's not. <laughs> it that also the, uh, Sonic games don't necessarily have. It also doesn't yeah. have this history of uh, very early Archie attempting to make the <laughs> game that connects it by making terrible puns, by altering uh, the art the style pun. consistently, by just making it the Looney Tune style of Sonic. It, I don't know, it I just has like that benefit. <laughs> No, I actually kinda I actually like those early issues better than some of the middle ground stuff. Some of the kinder the Penders and Baller stuff actually. Yeah, but Penders at least at least it was fun and it was it was written for more that of the age that they had back then before a lot of the fans were started becoming in their twenties and such. I am convinced that Penders writes for comic book readers. He doesn't write for people who would read a Sonic comic. Well book. no, I think Penders writes for Penders. Yeah, which is lots of lots of characters that talk pretty much the same, and Star Trek references. In fact, he, he criticized uh, Ian for not creating enough characters, and he's art. And the, uh, hit, by the time the Knuckles series ended, it had way too many characters to begin with. That's what the Sonic series needs. It needs more <laughs> characters. I know. Yeah. Ian Flynn had to spend years just clean, cl- cleaning up what he was given. Screw get making more characters. Well, anyway, um, do we have anything more to say about Mega Man, like what we want to see? I want to see Mega Man. Okay, something more detailed than that. I want to see 8-bit Mega Man. <laughs> That's the crossover well, I want. Looking at the Archie cover, some, of the, some of the Sonic Archie covers, we may, we may actually get that. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind a, a sprite sitting on a white background. I want this to lead to Mega Man and Sonic in the new Smash Brothers. There. Uh, I think that's all my expectations. Make it happen. I, just, Capcom, I just want it not to suck. I want it to actually be mind-blowingly awesome. I just want it to be one continuous storyline that takes place seamlessly from issue to issue. I... Uh, and just make one giant big epic story, one big continuous arc. Do it just as once, guys. You know, do it for the hardcore fans. Just try to make something really good. That's what I want. Yeah, well, I the, want one thing, like, the one thing that worries about me is that consistency of, uh, you know, scheduling it properly. So the one, oh, the that, one that, Sonic story that goes here continues to universe and continues to... Uh, uh, Mega Man, because the one problem with Universe right now is sometimes their stories are leaping ahead of the well, Sonic comic. Like we were, the reason we why, found out that you know Bunny was de 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 roboticized. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Before that issue where it, where it actually happened came out, and with well, the, the latest issue, that, we we uh, like I said, we like I said about the criticism about Shard is that we didn't really know who he is, where he was actually introduced in 238, which came out two weeks later. Well, the reason why that happens is because it's not one continuous story. It's two storylines being told in tandem that, uh, that, that occasionally cross over. What I want is then to go from Mega Man to Sonic Universe to Sonic, 
Then back to Mega Man, then Sonic Universe, then Sonic, and just tell one continuous storyline through the entire series for four months. Well, the, I think the good news is that I think that... And if concern, they do that, then it's just going to be like almost like a weekly Sonic and Mega Man comic. I think that concern I actually have will be mended, because I was thinking, oh my god, they ought to just skip a month, just to make it you know, <laughs> scheduled properly. But they are kind of skipping a month, because I guess issue 45, which we don't know what that's going to be, is going to be a one-shot issue. And then 46 yeah. is going to be the Chaotix, like, which is... God, I'm so excited about that. I love the Chaotix. Have you have you seen the uh, covered issue forty six? The Chaotix one. Yeah. Uh, I saw it. I don't have. I guess. I guess I just don't have as much affection of the Chaotix since the way that they were have recently been treated in the um, <laughs> in the actual games that it has taken away a lot of love that at one point I might have had of them. True. They're much. Yeah, they're, they're much better in the in the comics than they are in the games. But this uh, d- does Actually, they're much Mike better in the Ray. Sonic X anime even than they are in the games. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, that was one of the few bright spots of the Sonic X anime was the Chaonix. But the Sonic Universe story arc, I think, is supposed to, to focus on Mighty and Ray, who have not been ruined by by uh, the games yet, so you should be good there. Yeah, but it's, it's also kind of the the double-edged... Well, it's kind of the double-edged sword that, yeah, they're probably not coming back. Same with... Uh, Knack. I would love Knack to come back. That, 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 that is the <laughs> Nick, one Nick, character Nick, Nack, I would Wack. love them to Shut reintroduce. Up. Yeah, and that Fang could actually have a... Uh, wait, why, why am I using the Japanese name? Sorry. Knack could actually have a uh, pretty decent role in the games, because... He's a he's an assassin slash sniper. I mean, my view is how many Sonic characters? Of, the problem is he's also a, <laughs> he's also a treasure hunter, and we already got two of those with Rouge and. Uh, but he, he's also very clumsy and prone to accidents, so he could actually be a pretty funny character. I just want him to be a jerk. I want I want someone other than Jet because I hate Jet to <laughs> just be in the Sonic series for the sake of just being a profound jerk, not having a good motivation to be a jerk, not having any sort of relatable emotional arc to them, but I just want them to be the jerk that that they I am here to make to make you Sonic angry, to kick <laughs> you off. I never thought you'd ask for some for, for a character that simple. Well, Nack <laughs> does that pretty well in the comics. I mean, he's he's shot Sonic a few times. He's actually managed to hit him. Yeah, and he's captured Sonic once or twice. I I I I just hope that they really do well with this with this crossover, and that maybe this leads to maybe this leads to something else down the line. Sonic Not that silly crossover. No. Again. God, did no, that no. ever happen, or is it just with Sabrina? Well, oh, that, that did happen. That with did uh, happen. Sabrina, anyway. Okay. No, no, it happened with the Archie comics, and it was a special holiday issue. Beautiful. Yeah, it, was, it was, took, took place over Halloween. You can download it on certain websites I'm not allowed to name. Um, okay, someone's making a big noise, and it's not me for once. You guys can ignore the noise. You don't have to acknowledge it. <laughs> Well, just in case, well, I, I, I think it's just best to acknowledge Unless it. Unless you're going to edit it and edit that specific thing out, then I don't think it's worth it to acknowledge the noise. Okay, okay, you're right, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think, okay, now you're starting to annoy me. <laughs> 
Um, anything else we got to say for Mega Man? Mega Man's awesome. I, I love Mega Man. Play the old game. Mega Man's okay. Yeah, Mega Man's cool. Mega Man is better than Sonic. And uh, you know, one, even, one more thing. Does anybody else realize Archie's doing oh. more with, with Mega Man than Capcom has in the, like, the last three years? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bad. I guess. It's not that hard. If you do anything with Mega Man, you're doing more than they have in the past three years. Well, what's weird is Capcom had this horrible tendency to milk the hell out of Mega Man. They have a horrible tendency to milk the hell out of everything they do. Every single thing. That's why we have... They have the horrible tendency to milk the hell out of my wallet (laughs) as far as DLC content everything. Everything they do that that sells well, anyway. (laughs) Did you hear the Um, latest group as far as Resident Evil 6 goes? No, I'm not really. Okay, if you uh, if you got the I guess Dragon's Dogma Xbox Live, uh, Xbox Live Xbox uh, game, uh, you right now can download a Resident Evil 6 demo. But you have to uh, besides putting in this code, you have to put the Dragon's Dogma disc in along with it. So if, uh, it's not something uh, that bothers me. I guess it bothered some other people. So if you if you beat Dragon's Dogma and traded it in but kept the code, you're out of luck. <laughs> okay, I am excited. I am excited for this crossover because I like Mega Man. I am not excited because I like Capcom. I will be happy to embrace Capcom again whenever they decide to stop attempting to screw over the consumer as much as they feel necessary. Now I have a question for you. Ba- base, base. Good. You're learning. Not first. <laughs> not first appear until Mega Man Seven, right? Oh, you're at... Okay, you're at, I am right. I looked it up yeah. earlier. So um, how is he appearing now uh, around Mega Man 3 and 4? I know that the comic has been shown, has been shown introducing characters before the game adaptions, but can, can you really do that for base? How far ahead is this? Um, did they actually give numbers in which they are going to start this Sonic and Mega Man thing? No, no, they but haven't. It's, 20, they might. it's in twenty. It's in twenty thirteen, though. There's no way they're getting to Mega Man Seven twenty thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> they I said can... they might uh, at this at the conference on Sunday. There's going to be a panel on Sunday, and they'll get more information then. I mean, awesome. I mean, who knows? I... We're going to be at that panel, by the way. I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad I... you're. I'm glad you're with me because the last time I went by myself, I was the only large adult. <laughs> In the room, and I was in up right. in front. GX, go on. On the side, there's like ten little kids, and then me. I was just gonna say, I, I kind of have a, I have the nagging suspicion that what they will do with it, since they are splitting it over three different series, is that each of the three series might take it from a different angle. So maybe uh, Base might not even interact with Mega Man or meet up with Mega Man at any point throughout this. That it might be. He meets up with some other characters and does stuff with them. True. That that, uh, that when I was thinking about that, that, that that's actually one thing I considered. Where they, Mega Man may just not meet him because I think they alluded to base um, uh, existing like before Mega Man Seven, but didn't Doctor Wily like create him? Kinda. I think. I the problem is. It's, it, I love Mega Man. Mega Man is one of my favorite types of gameplay in the NES era. It's just that I don't necessarily know all the Mega Man lore. 
okay. I've play I've been able to get through I think up to three, maybe four. The only reason why I even know this is because of the Mega Man Wiki w- Wikia. Um, which I, I've been looking up now to help educate myself as I re- read the comics. Even Ian Flynn has admitted he's never beaten the Mega Man game. <laughs> Those games are hard as hell. Hey, I got one, two, and three under my belt, so I've got at least you some have- cred. You have my congratulations, because I've heard that those were like the most difficult out there, except for... Well, no, Mega Man 4 was more difficult, I think. Okay, Mega Man 1, but on the GameCube collection that lets you actually save it. (laughs) Well, that doesn't doesn't count. (laughs) Uh, I think part of the... the, What made that game really long is you had to have a strategy of which robot you went out first and which robot you went for second. (laughs) And then you had to not die a lot. you no, know, it doesn't really matter do. if Mega Man has a state, safe state because uh, in the old games you had the password for that. What they might do, what they might do is they might divide the game between three different team ups because they've shown only three only three team ups so far: uh, Sonic and Mega Man, uh, Shadow and B- Base, and Knuckles and Proto Man. So conceivably, uh, like the Sonic and Mega Man thing could be in the Sonic comic and the Base and Cream and Roll Shadow. You know, cream and roll. Base and shadow can, God, base and shadow can be like the uh, Sonic Universe comic, and Knuckles and Proto Man can be in the Mega Man comic. So I get, I get that could be how it works, which would disappoint me just a little bit. But if they make it cool, I don't really care that much. So you, you um, have a point there, though. I think you, I think yeah. you're possibly on the mark. I hope so. I've been off the mark so many times. <laughs> One of the things I'm really looking forward to is sleeping at some point tonight. Yes, me too. I have a plane to catch tomorrow. 10.30. He's leaving (laughs) on a jet plane. I'm going to kill you, but uh, (laughs) not until I get to San Diego. It's it's 1 a.m. over here, so what is it, 4 a.m. where you guys are at right now? Yeah, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let let me just say one more thing. Uh, Gee, Guys, me and GX are great friends. We have him on the podcast because uh, he offers very different and very thought-out opinions. I interrupt a lot. He's very outspoken. Basically, yes, basically those two uh, argue back and forth while I just sit there silently wondering and, when uh, I'm going to get to talk again. We're still friends. We still love each other. It's just, you know, he angered me tonight. <laughs> no, he didn't. I love you, GX. Pack in the back. I, I I always <laughs> enjoy coming on here. I it's I, just I enjoy having you. I, you're 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 probably our best guest, our best guest aside from Ian Flynn and the good people of Sega. Because you know, it's just if I if I have any one vice, it's just that I always have the skepticism of fandom, and yeah, there and is I, a lot of it deserved in the Sonic and Sega community. And I am unapologetically optimistic. So, I hope so. You you moderate their forums. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I'm not moderating the forums right now because I have to work on other things. And I uh, always around E3 gets kind of crazy. I just do not envy your job. Let's put it that way. Well, I I really don't envy the people who have to do that every day and can't take breaks every summer like I do. So uh, okay, um, I guess that's it. Uh, God, I hope we'll, so. 
<laughs> it's been pretty long one this time. Yeah, we were supposed to be a lot shorter than we were. I the night conversation, that, especially, yes. as usual. If you would only let me speak, <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I think the nights and the uh, the rhythm thief went on a lot longer than expected. Well, that's because that's because there's a lot to say about those two games, oh, you especially nights. You want to hear bad? I've already determined that the next episode I release is going to be split up into two parts. Nice. Anyway, um, we, one more thing. One more thing. We are having a Rhythm Thief giveaway on Segabix during Comic-Con. Uh, you just watch the front page. Win that awful we'll game I hate. <laughs> we'll be giving away uh, four copies. Um, I, and uh, you, you just have to uh, – you'll see. You'll see. Uh, it's very simple. And uh, after that, there may be another giveaway – with a much bigger prize, but you'll just have to see. GX already knows, but if he says anything, I'm going to kill him. So uh, It's a yeah. pony! <laughs> All right. Um, bye. Everyone say bye. Right. Goodbye. Have a good one. This is your friendly neighborhood moderator of... Uh, moderator, moderator. Shut up. <laughs> this is your friendly neighborhood host signing Two, one, go! Three, two, one, go!